This episode of the Co-Optional Podcast is proudly sponsored by Squarespace. Whether you need a domain name, website, or online store, make your next move with squarespace.com slash co-optional. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Corruptional Podcast here on the 7th of November 2017. <laughs> Hello. Can you still do the thing where you keep us muted until you're done with your intro? Nah, sometimes. Depends on the guest. Depends on how much I trust you. Wow. Wow. So we were muted. Muted. So we were muted. <laughs> it was... It was <laughs> It was something I, of a moot we point, were, really, wasn't it? We were moving. Admit moving, it, Jesse. Garbage is infiltrating you know, your speech. Literally up until the second oh, we yeah. went live, Jesse was sitting there going, garbage. I love garbage. Well, I mean, it's I do so keep good. you moving through all of that, so that probably has something to do with it. That's helpful. Oh, I love garbage. Gotta get some of that, put it in my mouth. Did bag. you have Just first muted? Garbage? I'm muted. I'm muted with the garbage. This episode uh, of the Corruptional Podcast is proudly sponsored by Squarespace. I'm not sure if there's any proudly involved in it anymore, but that look, from their end, certainly not ours. They might be watching this and be like, I love that raccoon. Yeah, that is a hilarious meme. <laughs> what a hilarious raccoon. What, yeah. a, what a sweet, relatable raccoon. I also love Gorbage. I don't even Gorbage know is what great. you are talking about. I literally just moments ago was like, saw a Twitter picture of a fat raccoon and it just says, give me garbage. Ah. And it's very funny. And I don't know why it's funny. It's a super cute raccoon. And it just spells garbage with an O. Okay. That's, like, it's, you know, you know when you see like a cat that looks like it's shaped like a pill? Like they're yeah. just, no, just actually. like straight across and then just kind of rounds out where the no. sides are. Like that's what yeah. this raccoon looks like. <laughs> I was just saying I relate to this raccoon on a fundamental level. And I too want some garbage. Different though. Give it's like early 1900s. Like a fat raccoon is a very successful yeah accomplished raccoon right? i mean and by our cultures. modern yeah exactly mm -hmm. it's kind of like how in the way back days everybody wanted shoes that were impossible to walk in because that meant that you didn't have to walk you had servants that's right that yeah. raccoon that's how it doesn't works. need to be able to get in mm. the garbage he's got people to bring the, the sorry the garbage oh my god thank you thank you <laughs> thank you make sure your pronunciation is correct him. fair garbage reasonable now, for some reason, we've never had Jesse and In Control on the same show. I don't exactly know why that is. It just has not occurred, but apparently it is possible. One Even of them I'm shocked. Before this Even started. I'm shocked. I'm, I'm waiting for the internet to just dump out and this be like the best, you know, just introduction for one of us and then we're just gone. But for right now, I'm, I'm stunned. Wouldn't surprise me. I'm waiting me. for the internet to dump out. It's been doing that for a while. I was going to say, I haven't been paying much attention as of late, it would seem. Oh my. Once the Russian podcast, uh, yeah. we do occasionally talk about video games. We also talk about trips to the land down under. Get Jesse, 
You have been Me? throwing shrimps on the Barbie for quite some time. So I'm I had no shrimp, but I was on no Barbie. I'm there was no Barbie. I did have a golden mm. gay time, which is... I'm sorry, a what? A golden gay time. It which is, is a, the best kind of gay time. Did you say gold and gay or golden gay? A golden gay, golden gay, gay. Important oh. distinction to make. It is a, like, um... You know how we have those, not a popsicle, I guess it's a popsicle, you know, like those ice cream bars that have like the cookie crumbs on the outside? Sure. Exact same thing, but it's like honeycomb kind of deal. Very good. I also have told Dodger about what I truly believe to be the greatest invention mankind ever had. I've, I've a, been wondering if you were going to try to describe that to this group of people and just see what happens. I should just bring out my, my diagram. Um... Imagine, if you will, I'm going to take you to a place of perfection. Okay. They have something that I have never seen before that blows my mind. America didn't think of this because we should have. Imagine an ice cream sandwich. We should be talking yeah. about games, but this is way more important. Imagine an All ice right. cream sandwich. But the feel that like ice cream filling extends beyond the sandwich okay. and then they cover that shit in chocolate. So it's like you have an ice cream bar and an ice cream sandwich combined into one delicious snack product. Ah, and you could use the sandwich part of it to hold the rest of yes! it so it doesn't melt in your yes! head. Ah, it was so good and so, so efficient. The second time around. Now look, that's impressive, <laughs> Jesse, but did you, have you seen that KFC has made a sandwich where literally the two buns are also chicken? You know what? I, um, I, I'm not sure if that's the thing I took a photo with, but it was either that or the Taco Bell taco that was made out of chicken. But I believe no matter what I wrote, I said, like, maximum depression or something like that. Like, you yeah. know you've reached rock bottom when this is what you're eating. No, I strongly, strongly um, disagree. Well. You know, that's making sure that no part of the meal is wasted. It's gains, gains, and gains wrapped in gains. Yeah, of yeah, course. We all, we all seem like the gains type to me. Yeah. I mean, you can tell just by looking at us and the way no. that I use my walk, that I'm a woman's man, no time to talk. Right, totally. Wow. When I, every morning I pour my cereal into a bowl of eggs and then I <laughs> eat it with a fork made of bacon. And that's just the way I go about things. Yeah, gains on gains on gains. I was expecting you to say, say and then I sieve out the cereal and just have the bacon and the egg whites. <laughs> yeah. Because that's too many carbs and it's ruining my gains. I'm sorry, you said um, too many carbs. I wasn't aware that that was a... Apparently that's a thing among some people. That happens? Yeah, apparently oh. it can happen. Has I'm not personally ever familiar had with carb it. poisoning, really? <laughs> not that I'm aware of. Look, we're just all bulking all the time. Yes. Yeah, we're bulking okay. for winter, guys. We're I'm like a bear. Bulking. I'm going to go Sometimes into a coma. Dirty bulking when yeah. you got to hit up the fast food places. You're dirty bulking. And then the rest of the time, you're just bulking. Right. Dirty bulking sounds exactly as dirty as I want it to sound. <laughs> I learned Dirty that term from my this is, husband. I was going to say, this is the kind of terminology that I think is coming from stripping and is mostly made up. <laughs> Whenever he's been eating a lot of fast food, he's like, it's fine. I'm still on track. Yeah, I'm, I'm just bulking. dirty bulking. It's like, he's making all this up to excuse his terrible eating habits. You know <laughs> this, right? apparently an actual thing, which is hilarious. I me. feel like dirty bulking sounds gross to us, but when a British person says it sounds like, sounds it way better. Sounds gross. No. Dirtish, dirty bulking. Dirty bulking. Oh, yes. Dirtish bulking. Dirty bulking. Dirty bulking was one of the decks of a uh, frigate back in the day, and they would the, score the all dirty, the tea there. The dirty, dirty bulking. bulking. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God, guys! Yesterday, uh, hey, here's a game. Yesterday, I was gonna Jesse say, and I uh, tied learned into a lot about tiddlywinks. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, oh my right. God. Okay. Yes. We learned a lot about uh, tiddlywinks and how that's Is there played. a lot to learn about tiddlywinks? Isn't um, that like an inappropriate game your uncle plays with you? Or something? Little, no, no, very little, much not. That's entirely different. They're called winks. 
Yes. Um, Jesse, what's the term when you, if your wink gets on top of somebody else's wink? Are you squashing a wink? Or it's a wink. Something a wink? You're squishing? Squ I don't something. think we even need to add the innuendo to this. I think it writes itself, honestly. No, it Keep, is insane sounding. Everything about it sounds insane, but it's a real game and people but, play it. Yeah, I know what Tiddly Winks is. Sure. Like, essentially, it's flip crap into a cup. You're flipping yeah. little coin tokens into a cup. Yeah. That's the game. But the terminology is nonsense. It's yeah, great. I was swapping. I looked swapping. up the if it was if it was uh, if it originated in England, then yes, the terminology for it will be absolute nonsense. That I can guarantee. Swap the tiddlies. Naturally, swap the tiddlies. Uh, Squapping is the key element that distinguishes the adult game from the child's game. This shit writes uh. itself. <laughs> Uh, it, it, so tell, me, tell me it's an old game. Tell me it's an old yes, game. Yes, very much so. Yes, it's very old. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah, they didn't know yet. All right. No, they weren't um, aware. Um, yeah, we, uh, we somehow incorporated it into our Fate Accelerated game last night. That takes. It was the game that we were playing at a casino because that's what you do in space. Yeah. Um, well, I can, I can tell you actually that Strippin was mostly fishing in Warframe during your game, but you know that's the game he, he was did, playing. He oh no, he told us that. There was a lot of tiddlywinking going on. Okay. Mm. <laughs> he got he got knocked out though. Yeah, he got knocked out, so he was he was out no, for half. Spoil before. shit! Come on. Oh, he didn't get knocked out. He's fine. He's fine. Yeah. Go he takes his RPGs very seriously. <laughs> He's doing great. He's doing great. Uh, no, back to Australia though. Yes, um, please. So they have now what um, I think a lot of places are trying to do this, but us, uh, in Melbourne, they have International Games Week, which is all week long. They have the Australian version of GDC, uh, GDEX. They have um, all sorts of uh, game developer events. And um, they had one called uh, Top Cut. I think that was what it was. Um, I love that cooking show. I, I, I feel bad because I don't know that's the official name of it. But it was literally a competition between 17 indie devs, and they had to present their game and, and like, back-to-back -back show off a thing about their game, a presentation. And then the next day, judges played it, and whoever won got $40,000 to keep making the game. Whoa. It was cool. There was a lot of, like, really awesome events. Um Everyone there was was super kind and fun uh, and showed me around the city. Um, shout out to uh, Melbourne for literally just being like, Melbourne. Yeah, if you're in the heart of the city, Melbourne, if you're in the heart of the city, you can ride public transportation for free. So like I went around and saw everything. It was cool. Um, they have an exhibit in one of their museums called Acme that's devoted to women and gaming. So it had hmm. a bunch of games that you could play that were created by women or with women as like main leaders on the team. Um, I thought that was really neat. They had a games day for kids. And so I like literally, I felt awkward because I just wanted to go check it out. But I also like was the only non-parent there for a little bit. So I was like, mm. but it was like kids playing games and um, people teaching them how like the games were made and stuff like that. And I thought that was really cool. Um yeah, overall, it was like a really cool experience. And then it ended with PAX, and PAX was crazy. Um, yeah, it was it was cool. It was a cool, like, solid week of, here's what I learned. The internet, shit, very bad. Mm. But everyone there uh, had so many cool games to play that you kind of forgot because you were, like, caught up in everything. And there's a lot of esports bars and, um, like, 
gaming related places and uh yeah it was it was a good solid week of not giving a shit and just walking around if the internet in general is kind of bad then it behooves them to have lots of places that you can go yeah like do your internet-y things away from home yeah there's it's sort of a similar setup to in you know how pc bongs became big in south korea mostly because uh, you know, especially when they started springing up, most people couldn't afford a PC or didn't have a PC at home. And the cost of owning one is like, ah, I don't want that, but I do want to play games, so I'd rather go into this kind of space. So I guess it also makes sense in Australia, where some of the internet is absolutely goddamn terrible, to have a place where it maybe isn't, where you can all gather around and watch this particular thing. And I think esports bars in the right places are always going to be good anyway, for a high population sort of dense area like that, you'll probably get the patronage you need. Like in America, it's a bit more of a problem because you've got to figure out well which of these towns is really going to have enough yeah. patronage to justify it. Where's the sort of esports hub? It's it, we might end up seeing that as we see more of these franchise leagues. You know, we've got the Overwatch League coming up that's very much franchised around certain cities, and you might be thinking, well, that's a good place to set one up then because if it starts to build a fan base there. Uh, League of Legends has some franchising sort of thing going on right now. So maybe we'll see more of that kind of come up. I think that's certainly a good thing if we do. Okay, Just the yeah, concept so of good internet. Like the, the first time someone puts fucking fiber in there or something like that. Like, hmm. yeah, we talk about it in the gaming sphere, but like, I can't remember who I was just talking to, but I guess a huge part of residential like quality of life is based on internet right now. Like one of the most commonly asked questions for, you know, yeah, I'd love to live in that neighborhood, but how's the internet? How's the internet? Right. So places that have fiber, they actually get the jack up there. It's like, it's like having a view of the ocean right now. They get the jack up the price of a house based off the internet. If they do that in Australia, Oh, it's, I think it's an even bigger deal than Australia. I've heard all sorts mm-hmm. of horrible you know, nightmare stories about the amount of yeah. caps they've got over there, and they don't really have much choice of where they, you know, what they can go with. They just have to make do with what they got, which is not right. entirely dissimilar to how the U.S. is at the moment. Though I'd say there were some certain changes happening, but it seems like the FCC is doing its damnedest to make sure that doesn't happen because, you know, protecting consumers <laughs> I like they're supposed to do that look at the size of my giant mug so I want to stress what that I totally twat. goofed on some of the names here so GCAP not GDEX that doesn't make sense GCAP is the name of uh, it's Game Connect Asia Pacific and this is where like it was all these devs and all these people coming together and it was conferences you know like you would expect at a developers conference but the one I loved the most was the guy who um, created all the lore for Dragon Age was there. Hmm. And he talked about world building. And it was fascinating to hear him talk about the the idea of like creating a world and then communicating it to your team as you create it and how that's the hardest part. Because you can envision like, here's how I want the world to be. And here's how I want all the stuff. But everyone else imagines fantasy in their own way. So yeah. it's hard to express to people like, he was talking about how in Dragon Age 1, all of the bad guys look like orcs. Because in the designers' minds, they thought, oh, orcs. Bad, of course. And it isn't until later they look like deformed, crazy monsters. And because mm. he had to like, re-stress, like, no, guys. But you can't change it when you're 12 months into development. And so I, I was, like, fascinated by that shit. Um, That's awesome, actually. Yeah. And really Global Top Round was the name of the 17-person, uh, like, crazy event it was cool there was a lot of stuff to see and do and i was like oh there was a thing called parallels 
that was um, really bizarre and weird indie games. And it was them showing them off. And one was based around glitches. The entire game was based around the premise of the glitches making the game beautiful. And it was ah. a platformer. It was awesome. It okay. was really cool. Was there any anything particular that stood out for you at PAX Australia? Things that you got to play that are like, oh, I've got to pick this up when it's actually ready. Um, there's a game that I think Dodger would love called Florence. Florence. It is okay. It is a mobile game where the premise is you are a um young woman and you are experience you're experiencing the life of this young woman. It's a puzzle game. But the way they use the puzzles and the way they do things is it, it, it's ingenious and I love it. So a great example is one of the levels she meets a man for the first time who she falls in love with. Go on. But it's the conversation <laughs> between the two of them. When they talk, the uh, bubbles, like for the like the talking, the text bubbles, um, when you first start talking are very difficult to put together. But as the conversation goes on, it becomes like easier and easier to solve the puzzles. Oh. I thought that was pretty cute. Hmm. And that's because women can't understand things at first, but as time goes on, they kind of get yeah. narrowed in and focused, right? Right, yeah. yeah. That's, that's that, what they're going for. That's the well, Men are from Mars that's and women are from Venus, mean. after all. There yeah. are some cultural and language barriers to overcome. Who's the author that wrote the stream of conscious that was, and every time he did from women's perspective, he actually had no spacing or punctuation. <laughs> I cannot remember. It's actually a very famous author. I, someone in the chat will be able to know this, but... Uh, another they, thing... Another thing that I liked about the game is that later on in the demo, they get in a fight. And so the puzzle pieces now become jagged. I think like little tiny things like that are pretty interesting. Mm. And I liked that it was that they took that that stage of like, we're going to show you a relationship between these two people, but we're going to tell it in a puzzle. But we're going to make mm. the puzzle representate, uh, representate, represent the um, them like learning the, the feelings that you, yeah, the feelings that you have in a relationship like that. I thought that was really interesting. Uh, there's a game called Rumu. How do you which, spell that? R-U-M-U. All right. Um, it is incredibly interesting and creative. You play as a sentient vacuum, like one of those those like floor vacuums. Video games. Sentience. And okay. it now is like trapped in this family's house. It's very interesting. I don't know where they're going with this. I hope it becomes kind of like trippy sci-fi almost horror-y maybe it's gonna become the murder vacuum it figures out ways yeah. to kill the family one by one i like that that's where you guys went in my mind i was like oh this seems like it might be like a walking simulator in sort of a fly on the wall situation no it's murder it's vacuum still, you're just a little vacuum floating around but you're gonna hear conversations that like they would only have when there's nobody around murder vacuum. No, it's a little tiny vacuum and each each level is like a puzzle that you solve but it also involves sort of like I like what am I doing? I'm I'm stuck in this house and this is my life. He's and plotting life. murder. Yeah. Murder yeah. vacuum. Murder. You kill everyone, escape. Yeah. Obviously that's what's gonna happen. I thought that was really cool. Or you um, could just escape without killing people and ruining the innocence of the game. Murder of vacuum. Course, maybe it's about the unfair treatment of vacuums and how they only have access to things that they can roll over with wheels. Mm -hmm. Maybe. They're kept trapped course, inside the uh, house for all time. This is justified. <laughs> yeah, because it's Australia, the number one game that I think everyone wanted to play at the time was Hand of Fate 2. That yeah, was like I've been playing that. People played were really that excited for that. Uh, I did not want to wait in the line. I was like, screw it. 
So I instead just uh, waited to uh, get it, and I got home and I bought it, and I've yet to play it. So I'm sitting here I like I played a bunch of it last night. I can talk about it. Yeah, and it Ooh, is also pretty good. One other thing, even though I didn't play it and I really wanted to, they had a huge booth for Detroit um, ah. at Pack South. Yeah, boy, was that fucking crazy! I love yeah. David Cage. I love whoever designed their booth. So you know how the whole point of the game is, uh, the, the, like the would you call them not androids are they androids whatever yeah, they are they're supposed to be androids the the android people that they that they have they had an entire wall on the booth with people in like glass pretending to be the robots and like you could touch it to mm. find out information about them and they like waved you and try to get you to buy them it was crazy and it, there was just dudes in there all day just like hello hi i'm i love when they just i love when booths do crazy shit like that i was like <laughs> <laughs> those are just people but they're pretending to be the robots and that's fucking awesome they're gonna be in there all day it was great so shout out to that weird sounds stuff like it would be such a fun job yes to pretend Hello. to be like yeah and they just like did all the robot motions but they like tried to like point to the like buy this model and it showed like what he did yeah it was, it was pretty cute hmm. but also so, hand of fate 2 was great they yes. also just could have been robots though they or weren't they they were, were, yeah, robots. we may not have known they were people there were people well, in glass cages. I, I, sure about I assume Jesse. Sounds like some uncanny those. valley shit. You can't. You yeah. can't be certain of that. Sure. You haven't seen Blade Runner, I guess, huh, Jesse? You were in Australia too long. I did see Blade Runner. I, I got saw around to seeing four it. a week early too, because Australia apparently is in the future. Whoa! Yeah. I liked Thor. I liked yes. it a lot. Just as a side note, we saw that. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying but, to somehow but, work us on the hand of fate too, but apparently that's just never going to happen. I keep trying to, TB. I keep trying to work us back. I'm sorry. You're the one who threw us off in the first place, Jared. <laughs> you were that it. kid. He just—he totally just did that. Class, if everyone could keep down and Jesse would be like the guy who'd be like, hey, everyone keep down and then start yelling again. He's trying to get us off track again, TB. I'm sorry. Yep. Uh, <laughs> sorry, TB. God damn it. I can tell you about, All right. I, I can talk a bit about how to fake too because I played okay. about four hours of it last night. Man, I would really love it if people talked about Hand of Fate 2. Yeah, maybe someone yeah. could talk about Hand of Fate 2. Can someone talk about Hand of Fate 2 already? Maybe there's someone here that might have played Hand of Fate 2 that could talk about it. Jesse, did, did you play that in Australia? Or did you buy it and take it home and not play it? Um, I have played demos of it before in the past, so I, you know, I played, played the first demo one. demo so together a while back. Yeah, so I know what I'm getting into. I just haven't played it since release. So I well, have no idea. Well, it just Since came out. Nobody's played today. it. Let's just go off the demo and talk about it. God's as if that sake! Was. I played the full thing. <laughs> right, TB. TB played it. <laughs> ah! Did he? Did he play it though? You're just not listening to TB. You listen to TB more. Fine. You do the show. Fuck all y'all. I'm gone. I'm gonna play my Hand of Fate too. No, don't leave TB. We need you here. Oh, uh, for what? Uh, to talk about Hand of Fate too? Oh, you have all the info. Hand of Fate too. Look at that, fight. you had four of 20 fame acquired. <laughs> uh, right, Hand of Fate 2. Basically the first one, only better in pretty much every respect. Which is kind of what you would expect. Biggest weakness of Hand of Fate. Who, who's played the original here? Jesse, you played it. Dodger, you played sucks. it. Combat sucks. Combat sucks. Correct. Combat sucks less now. This is a good thing. <laughs> yep. Combat sucks less now. It's a good way Wait, to describe tell you it. what, you keep selling me this hard right now, and I'm going to have to pick it up myself. Yeah. Ultimately, you're dealing with an indie dev who's trying to do full-on kind of AAA-style God of War. Mostly God of War, I would say, mixed in with a little Arkham. It's not 
I, I'm very glad they didn't go full Arkham style combat because I tend to think that in order to make that work, you have to have very, very good animations. You have to have basically pro level animation to make that look good. I've seen it done badly. It looks Even terrible. Shadow of War can't pull that shit off. Sometimes. No, it can't. Like, it absolutely cannot. Happens, like what? No. Yeah. So they went for a more kind of simple 3D God of War style kind of thing where the uh, the enemy will generally do two kinds of attack. If it's a red attack, you're going to have to roll to avoid it. It'll be some sort of area of effect or block break. If it's a green attack, you can block it, repost it, parry it, depending on what happen what weapon you have. And outside of that, it's mostly a case of spam the attack button. If you're a bit far away and you hold the button down, it'll do some kind of leaping attack to kind of get a bit closer which looks quite good. There's a satisfying amount of weight behind it. Like, mm. often than not, like, your character feels like it has real weight. You're not ninjing around the place. Especially if you have a larger weapon, you're kind of lumbering around, stumbling a little bit. Uh, almost feels like you have some weapon experience, but you're not some master at it, which is quite cool. And all the different weapons have various different characteristics. Some are stronger against particular kinds of enemies, and they will all have an ability that charges up if you get a certain number of hits without being hit in between that interrupting the combo. And then you can use an ability to trigger it off that. There are also finishing moves and block breaks and things like that. And the first have, game... Um, speaking of combat, do they have the mechanic where unless you have a shield, you don't have the shield block? Like you can't... You can, you can do a kind of parry with the two-hander, but it's not as good by any stretch and it's much harder to pull off you've got to do it within a much like narrower window uh and i think that you stagger back if you take one of those as well as with a shield it can kind of hold your ground uh that was the experience i had with it so i know i could block with the two-handed axe it's totally doable uh the nice thing about this game is the first one if you remember was a one-hander and a shield that, that yep. was the weapon combos you always had. In this game, no. You've got two-handers, you can dual-wield, there's a much larger variety, and you also have a comp companion that comes along with you who will attack and also charge up an ability they can use. And depending on which companion you bring along, you also get a set of cards, which is like the companion story. So that will show up during the game as well. And the more of that you complete, the more stuff you get for him. And it's, you know, a side story that runs along with it. Now, the really interesting thing I find about it was that the game actually makes note that it is a game. And it's very clear about that because the guy who, you know, the, the dealer who is controlling the game, making the cards fly everywhere and rating everything, he is totally aware that it is a game. And he justifies all of the changes in the mechanics and the fact that it is a sequel by saying that he's had 100 years to perfect the design of the game and make it much better. And he, he'll mention stuff that he's changed and all that kind of thing. I found that to be a fascinating way of doing tutorials while in-universe. Now, being able to explain those different changes and things, but do so in a way that actually makes sense within the universe. It's something that most games couldn't really do because obviously this is a game about playing a game. But in this case, they did it very well. Presentation is much better across the board. Music is phenomenal. You know, cards flying everywhere. It's always amazing. You know, I love that in the first game. It looks even better now. And there's a huge amount of variety in uh, the number of cards available and the decks you can build. Uh, there's like um, platinum and different kinds of cards you can put in now that have like very limited numbers, but are like big, very important events and things like that. Just a larger yeah. number of enemies and bosses and all sorts of different scenarios that all have different subconditions. So just generally better in every way. What what kind of distinguishes this though from 
some of the games that are coming out that are a lot like this right now like like even the ones you named in terms of fighting style like why would you pick up this well, over that so this this game isn't the fighting isn't the core of this game the core of this game is the card game that you're playing with this like mm. mysterious fast man yeah and so the way it works is you have health and you have food and you have to manage those while moving from card to card and determining your path through this dungeon he's created for you and which is randomized is made up of cards yeah. so it's like one of these cards is your exit and this is your starting point but there are cards everywhere and you don't know which cards are going to be events which cards are going to be oh you found supplies or which card is going to be your way out right so you're just constantly trying to figure yeah. out like, it's okay, like choose your own path. adventure you know and it has- is it pseudo procedurally generated or is it just yeah. like this is a set yeah. path Basically, yeah, because the more cards you collect by beating these challenges, the more like variety is going to be in the dungeon. You actually have a influence on that because you can actually choose some cards to go into the dungeon. So you can also like build your own challenge kind of thing along with that. Okay, that sounds cool. Yeah, and so the combat bits are when you encounter sort of a pack of enemies rather than a challenge of of wits or a challenge of of like skill of some sort. So there's like different things. Um, and there's also random stuff where you'll you'll come across a card that gives you random options. And sometimes it's awesome and sometimes it's shit. Yep. But it's, it, it's, it's cool. It, yeah, it has kind of a, I don't know, almost like a Jumanji feel. Yeah. It's like you're, you're sitting at a table with another person who has created this game, but this game is able to suck you into it when it needs to. So like when you turn over a card and it's bandits then it's like all right now you're getting sucked into the game and you have to fight off these bandits and that's the only way that you can get back out and proceed um so yeah the combat fortunately because the combat was so weak in the first it was one, not good but the combat really didn't matter very much it wasn't it wasn't ever about the combat yeah yeah, so and, it depended on which we... cards you drew. Because if you got like a lot of combat heavy cards, you would be forced to do that. More often than not, if you have a combat encounter, there'll maybe be a way around it. It's like, oh well, you know, you, you maybe here's a dice rolling mini game, so you can avoid it, or you you shuffle up four cards and you get like success, failure, great success, massive failure, etc. And maybe there's ways to influence that because you have like a piece of equipment that lets you re-roll this. And there's a bunch more little mini games associated with it that as you get further into the game, Northern Lion's a bit further ahead of me in the game than that, and it's saying, mm-hmm. wow, you know, it's there's way more once you kind of get past the fourth chapter, and there's like 21 chapters in this game. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot, you know, and they all have their own boss, which sort of affects the whole, um, the whole sort of objective. Like one of the early ones that I went into was, well, the village is being terrorized by this nasty, corrupt, undead plague monster thingy. Uh, you have to rescue a bunch of soldiers. The more soldiers you rescue, the more soldiers you've got in the final battle in order to battle oh, this okay. thing. So that was kind of a unique mechanic. Another one was like, well, you have to travel through the territory of the Northmen and meet up with their high priestess in order to broker a peace treaty. If you're able to collect six blessings as you go up there, you have a better chance of doing so and all that kind of thing. So there'll always, there'll always be some different spin on everything. And there the... is replayability as well because they, they can change that up. What was the, the demo one that we played? The scenario was... There's an assassin who no matter what is going to get you. To do 70 damage to you. Like he's got a deadly shot that will do 70 damage. So your goal was to build up your health over the course of the adventure and make sure it didn't go below that because otherwise you would instantly die once you met the boss. So 
yeah. each one has a completely different boss so you wanted yeah. it to be high enough that you still had life left over when you actually entered the encounter yeah, yeah. it's well, almost kind of like playing against a dungeon master yeah we did we did good yeah yeah and by we i mean you I was like, here, you fight the boss. And I gave it to you because I didn't want to lose and you won. So yeah. something noteworthy, by the way, this game has some Twitch integration. So yeah, Twitch, uh, apparently That's your it. Twitch chat can give you gifts. Uh, yeah, I noticed it in the um, uh, options yesterday. And it's also possible for some of the like Twitch to pick like certain things, depending on what you allow them to do and what you don't. So you have some audience interactivity with this game as well. And the amount of replayability and randomization and things like that, I think would make it a good streaming game. Uh, no microtransactions, no loot boxes, no, nothing like that. Just straight no. up purchase, and it's actually wow. out today. So, yeah, a I'm game be... made in the last year or two that doesn't have microtransactions? I've Impossible. Heard of this legend, uh, how how did that happen? Yeah, they're called indie games. They're great. You should play <laughs> yeah, them. There's quite a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was great. Was I'm going to play really more of that tonight. Hold on. Was there? Does <laughs> someone just have a cricket in their house? I don't yeah. know. I, got, I have crickets in my house. All there right, I just want to he know does. because in that, that moment of really silence, good sound effect in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Well, there's been a ton of games that's come out over the last couple of weeks that we, of course, didn't have a podcast last week. So we've got right. lots of stuff to cover. Jeff, I know you have been busy and on the road, but you had had the chance to play some things. What have you been up yeah. to? Um, there's been, so I've been playing some Total Warhammer 2, which came out a little yeah. while ago. Um, it was actually what, just before we went to BlizzCon that they came out with their mortal... Mortal Empires. Empires. That's what I was going to say. Huge. Realms, that's not right. It's like a different game entirely, I think. Um, but that's daunting. That's something I'm going to dive into. Yeah. But it, it's actually like, it's so massive and so daunting that, that it might be one of those things where on paper, that was a really cool idea. And uh -huh. I'm sure it's fun, but I'm like... I can't stream that. That that'll be, you know, that's that's that like a two hundred forty hour campaign or something. That's not to mention the turn time. You know, you got to be waiting yeah. around a lot. I, I played it at TwitchCon and we were two hundred turns in. I'm like, okay, we'll have a re <laughs> we'll have a reasonable amount of the map. No, we have this tiny little corner here, and then like the rest of the map is like. Uh, for me, I'm gonna be honest. For me, I that is not what I'm sort of looking for. That is too yeah. much. It's too, too big. big. But the thing is, a lot of people asked them for this. Yes. So that's exactly what they did. I, I kind of, I lumped myself in that category. I On paper, I looked, I didn't think of it that way. Like, <laughs> I think it takes playing even just uh, Total Warhammer 2 to realize how big the damn game is just anyways. Like, even just yeah. that campaign with just those, those armies more than reasonable. is still massive, is still a lot. And I feel like I really enjoy Total Warhammer, but the same thing happens to me every time where, like, the amount of times I start auto-resolving fights happens at, like, you know, 120 turns in or something like that. Sure. And, yeah, yeah. and which, again, makes it not a great streaming game for that reason. Uh, perhaps it's just me, but I just kind of lose patience with, well, here's another fight where I'm an overwhelming favorite. I know that I'm going to slaughter them. Yes. It is fun. It is cool. But I've been doing that for like 80 hours. So eventually it gets to a place where it's like, no, I don't really want to do that. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's I interesting. I wish there was a reward for that. I mean, outside of being a, like one of those weird optimization guys, like, I cannot lose a single clan rat. Outside <laughs> of that, uh, there's no reason, as you said, to do a lot of those overwhelming force battles 
and the AI, if it has any sense, will only engage you if it also has overwhelming numbers. If you know, right. so you end up in those situations where it's like, well, I'm totally going to lose this fight, and occasionally you'll get one where it's like, ah, I better can outsmart them. But outside of that, it's like I'm going to smash these guys, and usually I'll only do the fight if I just really feel like watching artillery murder people today. Yeah, which I often do. I'll, I'll that's something that's quite common. Uh, it's it's worth noting, yeah, uniform. like when you play the game, you are, un unless this is just not the game for you, you're going to get 60, 70, 80 hours of enjoyable content. You're, it is fun. It does. It definitely gets to a point where it's a little bit repetitive, but there's enough items out there. There's enough like legendary heroes. It is still fun to watch like a dragon mount slam into a tide of a bunch of dudes. And, yep. and like, that doesn't it's really just get a old. brilliant game that way. It's very fun, but the same thing has happened to me in Total War Warhammer 1 and 2 and now with Mortal uh, where I'm just like, that's a lot. And I enjoy it for about a week, but then I'm pretty done. And it's not that I hate the game or I won't want to watch or anything like that. It's just that um, it it just by nature has only so much to offer. And, and they did everything they could, I feel, by the way, like this game. The detail, the graphics, the different maps, the sieges of cities versus the sieges of open settlements. Like, there's a shit ton of stuff going on there, and I love the game for it. But for me personally, it just cannot hook me like other games have. I just cannot be hooked. It's so a long. binge game for me. Yeah. You know, I will binge on it for a good few weeks, and then I will be done, probably for as long as it takes for it to bring out whatever the next race DLC is. And then I'll do maybe a campaign with them if they happen to be particularly enjoyable and have a new mechanic or whatever. But yeah, it is it is a bingey kind of game. It's not the kind of game that I play all year, no question. Because I think you yeah. can burn out on it. And it's one of those one more turn games where you do burn out. I do the same thing with Civilization. I'll burn yeah. out on it within the first couple of weeks because I just play too much of it. Man. Yeah, I can't do that. I Civ 6 has been my go-to. Like, if I'm just bored and I'm rendering a video, fuck it, let's load up a random nation and go you know what like, you know what sift xcom i think playthrough don't you, uh, do you yeah. ever finish it or do you just no, like so not like this though like, well, now I got what, what, the, what they do is they have uh speed options and one of them is online and it literally doubles how fast yeah. the game goes or uh, uh like the quickness and so you can get a game it might seem like hours are going by but i've completed a game in like an hour and a half like wow. real quick yeah yeah those those become that eventually the preferred ways to do it because like you get to compress that down and it was why i was actually kind of interested in there's a new civilization board game coming out mm -hmm. and it compresses the whole experience down to supposedly about an hour and a half two hours they didn't try to make this this is twilight imperium you're gonna be here all day kids you know <laughs> Um, they tried to compress the experience. I'm like, you know what? I actually kind of want that. Like the experience mm. of going from, you know, Stone Age, Bronze Age, all the way through to space in like two hours in that kind of compressed time frame, and then doing it again with a different civilization, a completely different set of rules and goals. That is very appealing to me. Civ did a really good job too, though, of being like, and I can totally see how Jesse uses this being what I think is one of its real strong suits is that it's like, it's just uh, an atmospherically super enjoyable place to be in. The music yes. is really charming and chill. Yep. The sounds, the signifiers, all of that is all, and I'm, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, very much so certain. It was all designed to keep you there and make you feel comfortable. Whereas a lot of other games have more pragmatic purposes for their sounds where it's like, boom, you're under attack, you son of a bitch. And you're like, oh, mm. shit. You know, you go over to that. But in Civ, 
I can almost just freaking fall asleep and not in a bad way. I just mean like, I'm just so comfortable, just so delightfully the positivity in that game. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Everything's like one of the fascinating things about that game. The more I play it, um, the music, not only does the music change over time as you go through the different eras, which it's always done, but each uh, Civ has its own specific song and mm -hmm. it not only plays for you when you meet them but it also plays when they're winning so the song that plays mm. in the background you know who's winning even if you haven't met them based on the song that's playing i and had no idea yeah yep. and then as the arrows go on the song so america so if you play as america for example you get the like i'm a little baby bumblebee when you're like way <laughs> back and it starts as like a, just a little guitar and then as it moves to the future it becomes this full-on like crazy orchestral <laughs> and same thing with everything else. So every other Civ has its own. Holy you're shit. Like, I associate yep, that with true. that nation because, yeah, that did come from, like, their culture. And so as time goes on, it becomes bigger and more boisterous and crazier. Huh. And it's I, the more I play it, the more I'm like, holy shit, like, they thought this through, like, crazy. And in I think TV, I stopped playing England because I was sick of Scarborough Fair. It's like, <laughs> it's too much Scarborough Fair. I'm done. Switching to the Congo. And even that, like, the, the, the Congo music is great. And it's because it starts out very simple. All of it. And there's just sort of drums. And by the end of it, it's this, like, beautiful chorus. It's it's awesome. It's a chill game. And if you're just like, I got an hour or two to kill, turn that online mode on and just go to town. Do a small yeah. map. Don't get too crazy. And just enjoy. Yeah. And now I want to reinstall it just to do that now. I'm thinking, you know what? Yeah, actually, you know, nice, nice quick, quick run. Wouldn't be too bad. It's just Compressed so well, down. like even the art style is very soft on the eyes. It's very pleasant the way things pop up. It, it's so brilliant the way they designed that game because it, because they put a lot of thought into the idea that if it is just a drab, very pragmatic, you know, tons of information everywhere, um, there are games like that and there's a hardcore audience yep. for that game. But commercially, it's not super successful to make every game like Europa uh, Versalis or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. It's just yeah. you, you can't do that. And there's people in the chat who are going to be like, Jeff, you're an idiot. Of course you can do that. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, listen, I enjoy those giant, amazingly complex games as well. But if you want a game to be successfully commercially, which 2K is designing a Civ game for, it has to be... Um, it can be challenging, which I still think Civs are fairly challenging. There's definitely a learning curve. But man, does it need to, like, rope you in just aesthetically. It just needs to be very pleasing. But you guys are right, like from the get-go, Civ 6, like other civilization games have focused on the idea of like the war and the conflict and the creation of giant idols and stuff. This one from the get-go, even that opening cinematic is like the most hopeful thing. That, like yeah. The entire feel of Civ 6 is like, hey, humanity uh, continues to grow and change. And that's like what we're trying to show in this game. And I was like, cool. And then also they even kill off Sean Bean in the intro. So it's great. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, it's anytime odd. you do that, you know, you know it's fantastic. Generally noticed, and perhaps it's just a coincidence, but there's some correlation that all of the Civ Six communities that I have read posts from, when say looking for information about the game, have been very very friendly, uh, mm -hmm. very generally positive places. Whereas for certain other games, there is a lot more hostility, and I have to wonder nice. if the theming of the game and the general feel and positive outlook of the game has in some way shaped that community it's possible I think right even even people online have a have a modicum of self-awareness where they're like if a game's just mega fucking you know just very pleasant 
that their beyond insane reaction of anger mm. might feel out of place. It has to be. <laughs> I, I want to talk since we're talking with uh, Civ. I want to talk about one of my go-to games, uh, kind of like the Jesse Cox Civ Six game. And then I want to, if I could, I'd like to take a spin on a game I w- haven't played and won't play. And I want to hear your guys' thoughts on. It. I want to bash right. on a game a little what bit. Interesting. Uh, so my go-to. Like where we're going with this? Oh yeah. Oh, well, you know, I got some good ideas. Uh, my go-to game, and I know you guys have seen me stuck on this loop forever, uh, is XCOM and yep. X, well, XCOM Two. And I, I just recently, like, I beat it on veteran. Well, okay, so specifically, just to consolidate my thoughts, Long War. I just, I, it's incredible that XCOM Two, which in and of itself is a phenomenal game, very well made, buggy as hell. Like, don't get me wrong, it's still an XCOM yeah. game. Yeah, you're gonna have a guy fly through a building for no reason, all set on fire, and die, and you're gonna be really upset. But that's XCOM. But it has such a great mod community, and it has this. Uh, it has Long War Two that they actually like pretty professionally did, and then made the choice not to sell as DLC or as a microtransaction, which they very well could have. You're getting a lot of content that is professionally refined and very well done for free, just for owning XCOM Two. So, long story short, that's been my my go to game is like because it's a lot of like the StarCraft feel, where as as good as I've ever been at StarCraft, there's always someone better. As smart and good as I've ever felt in XCOM, I've still fucked up a run and died immediately. <laughs> so it's like, it has this strong sense of like, I really enjoy the challenge. Yeah. And that's been my go-to game. Yeah, I, I find myself dropping back into XCOM. I'm still sort of working my way through. I think I'm pretty much at the, uh, about at the end of a solid campaign in War of the Chosen. And it's been interesting to see people jump back to Long War Despite the fact that War of the Chosen has some really phenomenal elements to it, but Long War is, I mean, it's long, obviously. Uh, it does yeah. have a lot of like interesting little features. Some of them they put into War of the Chosen, but some of them they didn't. And as a direct result, like they're both very different playable versions of the same game. Yep. And you could very easily play a campaign of either of them and get an enjoyable and thoroughly different experience out of them. And that's what's so incredible about it. I People, you know, when I'm streaming XCOM 2 Long War, a lot, a lot of times they're like, hey, did you play War of the Chosen? What do you think of it? And I say, I loved it. I loved it to death. I'll do more runs in the future. There's no but to come. There's no, like, I, I'm disappointed in that or this. It's just, like, it's fantastic. But what's so great about XCOM, in the XCOM 2 more specifically, is that um, you can just, you have options to play it different ways, pretty yes. inexpensively. Like even XCOM War of the Chosen, I think was 40 bucks, which is a lot, but it's essentially a sequel. It's a completely different campaign. It's got extremely Basically, new elements. Yeah. So you're not, you don't feel gypped. You don't come out of it and go like, gosh, there goes 40 hours of wasted time there. You know, like, man, no, you're really entertained. You really enjoy it. But then when you purchase XCOM 2, which right now you can do for like 5 or $10 or whatever, it's just yeah. discounted everywhere. They do a really good job of that. Now you're getting hundreds of hours of content that is just as polished and really good. So the reason I like Long War 2 is because there's more options. Like there's more classes, there's more weapons, there's more perk abilities. And then I am, like if I wasn't a gaming personality, I would probably be living in Tent City in Las Vegas because my gambling career just collapsed <laughs> in on itself because I love gambling and there's a lot of that next com there's a lot yep. of like um take i'm gonna take this 33 percent shot yeah. and then when you hit it you're like holy shit and when you miss it you're like oh my god what's plan b i have to hit this hack it's only a 34 percent. if i miss it the robot becomes more powerful it's just the game is rife with that kind of stuff and 
it hasn't gotten old yet. I've literally streamed, I, I think it's over 2,000 hours of the game, like a lot, and I'm not tired of it. In fact, the only reason I don't keep playing it is because over time, your audience does get fucking tired of you playing XCOM all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the ones that don't get tired of it don't get tired of it, but the like larger audience, you know, like my stream will go from like 700 to 800 people, and then like week, week it's like, two, it's like oh, 200. They're like, stop. Jeff, we love you. Yeah. And I'm like, thanks guys for sticking around uh but i'm yeah so that's that's my go-to game i know you guys have talked a lot about that but i just had to put that out there because if if someone in the chat's like you know what i'm gonna check it out then i i consider myself having helped convert someone but i know you guys have talked about this it's a big game i want to hear your thoughts because for me uh destiny 2 was one of the hardest fucking passes Ah. of my entire life um i feel i feel like with so many great FPS and shooter games out there. And don't get me wrong, Destiny's like, in my opinion, by the way, it's all just my opinion. Maybe you guys all love it and I'm walking into a bear trap, but like, no, uh, trust me, no. the idea of an <laughs> MMO me, anyway. shooter game is incredible. I love the concept. It's a gorgeous game. I like the lore, but it's so funny to me, gameplay wise. And I'm a loot whore, by the way. Like, I've played some really bad games just to get loot because I, I love loot. But in Destiny, hip fire or just bullet spongy, just like shooting something and soaking it down. I can do that for like a 10 hour Call of Duty campaign. I cannot do that in the long form. And that's what number one and two is to me. Like a lot of people, when they're like, I don't like that game. They're like the content dried up later. I'm like, how'd you even get to the dried up part? It yeah. dries up immediately for me. It's like a, it's like it's like jumping off a boat into sand and being like, well, you know, here we are. It's just yeah. so dry. I mean. I'm like halfway through the campaign of that, and I don't have the desire to keep going. The only thing that I think would have kept me going would be like, you know, interesting loot. But ultimately, I found it to be a pretty damn dry experience. It's exactly what I expected it to be, and there was nothing that really surprised me. It looks great. Sorry, Dodger. Uh, Dodger, you're (laughs) muted. You're muted. I don't know how long you've been muted for, but... oh. Uh, sorry, I was typing to you, TB. So oh, okay. Uh, I was muted right. that time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that it's fascinating because I know so many people who, like, got to the point where they can just, like, do raids, right? And they'll show up to do raids and and then drop it. But honestly, it seems like Warframe really, like, made a good call in dropping new content when they did because a lot of people have tried both like right now and are going warframe's got so much more to offer warframe's me. got a lot going on you know especially yeah, since it's, it's had been, it's been around for seven so long, years so of much behind it and- yeah that's what's gonna say where what is the new content because i know that they did this campaign where they and i'm not this is not subtle shade or something like that. i'm literally asking exactly what i'm asking but like they paid a lot of big streamers and youtubers to play Hi. the game and check it out but the game's been out forever yeah has right. it always been that good or are people like like Wow, they paid me a good amount of money, so I really enjoy it. Like, I mean, I I've been advocating for that game for the last five years mm. at least. You know, even when I did my video on it five years ago, it was good, wasn't incredible, but had a lot of potential. And there are things about it that I said in that video five years ago that they then implemented, and that made the game sort of reach its potential. One of them was like okay, this is a, you know, it's a stylish sort of Space Ninja thing, but what if you could parkour? What if you could do more with these flips? What if you could do more with this movement? And guess what they did? That's exactly what they, they did. You know, okay. they they added in, um, if you uh, 
jump, for instance, and then hold the right button, you sort of glide and slow fall, and you can just like, so that means you could just boop, 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 like all as you go past them and then go into a slide and then chop someone up for the fucking kneecaps. You can do all of that, and it feels absolutely great, and they've refined that down to a science. The combat in that game is refined down to a science. The amount of guns that are in it are all fantastic. And you were complaining about bullet sponging in Destiny. Yeah. The opposite of that seems to be true within Warframe. Like, it's almost Dynasty Warriors level of you are overpowered as hell. You are an absolute murder beast. And there is, quite frankly, nothing more satisfying than just cutting through people with those weapons. And there are a hell of a lot of weapons to choose from and to be able to customize and mod them to ludicrous extents, which you absolutely can, is a lot of the game for me. You know, it's like I didn't the, find that in Destiny, though. The fact that so many people are hopping into Warframe and saying, holy shit, this is fucking confusing. There's so much. Oh, like, it is. I don't, yes. I don't know what any of this is, but that it's fun enough that people power through it and like learn the game and yes. enjoy it i think says a lot that the game does have a lot good going on that counterbalances how confusing it is at first mm. yeah uh, it's, it's, it's free to play right yeah yeah mm. it, it very much so you know and i'll happily admit that you know i was paid to do the last stream of it i like i said i've been advocating this game for like five years that is still the biggest problem with it their new user experience and their return to the game after x amount of time experience is terrible like it is a mm. game where you need the wiki open and the subreddit open in many wow. ways to figure out well god what am i supposed to do now uh jesse you had a point oh no i mean i i just wanted to bring it back to destiny for a minute sure. um everyone knows i hated destiny one i think it was borderlands but without the comedy um mm. and there was and and story and a lot of things. I was not a fan of Destiny One, but I saw there was like a lot of potential. Um, I think Destiny Two has taken a lot of those issues and thankfully fixed a lot of them. Um, the idea of now in the game, which I actually love, they actually have like cutscenes and shit, and they also have mm -hmm. parts where when you go to a place, your ghost actually tells you what the fuck is going on. And is like, oh yeah, that's the Vex. Let me tell you about them really quick while we run from one area to another. And it's like, oh, I don't have to go to the Bungie website. This is great. Things a real game should have. Um, right. And so they added a lot of things that I think would have made a solid Destiny 1. But to claim that Destiny 2 has changed something or, or like really improved, it just made a full game rather than what Destiny 1 was. Um, with all that said, Destiny 2 is a game that doesn't really start until you hit max level. Um, and more importantly, it's a game that very much like um, Borderlands and other games of its ilk, I think is infinitely better playing with other people. When I play yeah, Destiny I alone, boy, am I bored. Destiny 1, <laughs> Destiny 2, when I play it alone, I'm bored as shit. You sound exactly like Barristan does right now in the background. It's yeah. Barristan. I can... Yeah. It's, a, it's okay. You know, the snoring is absolutely perfect for the Destiny 2 okay. discussion. So funny. <laughs> the, it the sounds like there's somebody groaning about everything that we say. <laughs> it's true. Uh, the minute that you add someone to the game, it becomes a better experience. Infinitely better. I mean, and that's the I, same thing with Borderlands, though. Like, and real, it, 
is there a reason why beyond simply having another person to shoot the shit with? Like uh, I. I, I I don't raid experience, right? Isn't in the raid, raid sure, yeah, but yeah. that involves you getting there. Fun. Yeah. I'm not. I I just hit 20 over the weekend, so I don't. I have yet to do a raid, but everyone keeps saying the raids are super fun. The the, the well, there's only one, right? Uh, the 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 experience of playing this together with someone else and or a group and taking down a boss or fighting hordes of enemies is always going to be fun because it's the camaraderie of like we're doing this together mm, yeah doing it by yourself is it's lonely and frustrating is, is the vibe i felt mm. like you're because there's so many enemies and because you're by yourself you get this like lonely vibe and then it's also a little frustrating because it's like if i had someone to back me up this would be fucking easy um yeah i don't i think it's just a problem with the type of game like it, it, it yeah. and I think it's always going to be that way for me because I felt the exact same way in Borderlands. It's if it's a looter shooter, it's more fun with someone else. And at the end of the day, you're just shooting into a sponge and hoping something cool drops. And that's more it's fun to do that. with friends because, you know, it just is. I, I wish I could explain it better. I agree. I think yeah. I think you could make an argument for like a mega game that's just stupidly like if it's so immersive, like a lot of the fallout qualities that, you know, like you would wander into a place and find something that's feels like off map. And it, it has this like pretty detailed, amazing little sub story or, or a very like well thought out uh, mission, something like that. Like those kind of things are really cool. Vehicle diversity, weapon diversity, all that stuff like combat can be flushed out better than just basically boiling down to you have a melee that's really strong. And then, different types of weapons but very bullet bu bullet spongy Ooh, i think also, those would be it. yeah i also realized the number one reason why you feel so alone in destiny 2 the the community functionality and the ui functionality is garbo it's clearly and i'm talking about pc but it's clearly still designed for playstation they just ported it over and so communicate finding someone to communicate with is a pain in the ass getting a team together unless they're like your friend is a pain in the ass uh there is no like you can be in the community hub area and you can't talk to it. there's like chat is garbage like there's a lot of m stuff missing that i think if you were to say imagine you're playing world of warcraft and they took out general chat or they took out that the ability like fantastic they, can i have that i I was but gonna like, say, Jesse, my, my theory theory is a lot of games are removing those functions and then they won't answer the question of like because people immediately go like, hey, where's my chat functionality? Why can't I talk to these people? They don't give a straight answer, but I've seen this in different games. My fucking tinfoil hat, you know, conspiracy theory is that people are literally such shit that devs have finally started to realize that if they lessen communication, yes. there's less opportunities for people to find out that they can be called the things they can be called. Yeah, well, for someone's name to just be like, that's exactly what it is. That's why they did it in Hearthstone. They, they took yes. chat out in Hearthstone so that people can flame each other while it was the opponent's turn. You know, they, they've seen how that was going to go. But on the flip side of that, by removing that, you also uh, segment and sort of destroy the community that could form around your game in game. Maybe. And I mean, that's literally how WoW continues to exist. Yeah. I sure. think that's the modern problem to tackle is they're going to have to find ways to, to get both, right? Because you're you're exactly right. Like, you know, even, again, I, I won't do this too much, but to bring it back to StarCraft 2, like, a lot of people had a really tough time with how shitty 
and alone you feel on Battle.net and just how mm-hmm. like the, the way to talk to people is really weird, like little windows that sometimes you're stuck in, sometimes you're not. People don't find them. You don't navigate to it. You have to like drag people into it. Really weird, bad communication. For a mm-hmm. while, we were all like, man, Blizzard, you had it right in 1998. <laughs> What's going on? And, I, and Blizzard just kind of like was like, yeah, we'll figure it out. But what I think it, it honestly is, is everyone's trying to find the formula of like, how do we build a community? But also everyone's a gigantic douchebag. And how do we <laughs> you know, not talk to other people? What's the key here? You know what we were talking about earlier? This kind of links also back to Warframe, not to shill for Warframe anymore than I already have. But we we're talking about the idea of Civ Six kind of being a very generally positive game and as a direct result sort of creating this positive community. What's strange about Warframe is that it has generally very positive community in game as well as out of game like Mm. there is generally very little trouble going on in chat it's a co-op game there's barely any pvp functionality which destiny is kind of the same but i think what's interesting is that maybe because the game is you know it's so badly explained and you need the help of other people to actually find that out i think they've almost forced people to work together to figure the game out which maybe is not the best way of doing things, but it has had that effect. It's also been out for a while, so it's had that die-down of, like, the buzz of people just going to it just to be there. You have to really like it, and if you really like it, you're not going to, like, cause shit in your own game. Maybe, yeah, yeah. you want people to play it with you, I think. yeah, I mean, I think the game is is kind of understated, right? It's the same sort of feel that um, Final Fantasy XIV has, where everybody's just so excited that you're playing it, and the people who really love it want to help you so that you'll keep coming back so that you enjoy yeah. your experience enough that you become part of the community. It sounds like Warframe is the same. Where yeah. And if it's been running so that excited long. excited that everybody's playing it now, you know? Yeah. I think you might very well be right. And as a result, like of having that age and the community sort of having matured and it doesn't help. It just certainly doesn't hurt. That they have actual chat moderators that are actively in the game twenty four hours a day. So yeah. that's well, always size the issue too. Like Warframe is successful. Don't get me wrong, but it's not Destiny, which is like a gigantic commercially advertised. True, game. but what'll be also... interesting is whether or not Destiny manages to hold that up over the next couple of months. I mean, we saw you know how the first one plummeted in play account. Warframe's maintained a solid top ten on Steam in the last like you know five years. It's been there. It'll mm. be interesting to see if they can keep that up on PC in particular, you know, Destiny on console, the original, was a very unique property. Like, there really wasn't anything like it. There is something, there's quite a few things on PC that uh, maybe are not completely like it, but tackle parts of what makes Destiny good, you know? So perhaps on Destiny, just like we sort of saw with Lawbreakers, you know, Lawbreakers fell flat Mm. on its face, because, like, look at the amount of FPS competition that's available on PC. Huge amounts of really, really great games. Console, maybe not so many, so a game does a little bit better. So I do wonder about Destiny 2, actually, or whether or not it will survive as well on PC as it, it will on console. God, I'm curious. Of lawbreakers. Uh, rip Lawbreakers. Yeah. That game fell so hard. It's like It did. <laughs> it did. It needs to be like, like an it's animated the... short of Lawbreakers coming God. out. It's like, <laughs> opens the door, trips on the on the fucking door panel and slams his face so hard that it just disappears. Just oh, like, man. It's not even like it was a bad game. It's not. No. It's just wrong place, wrong time, but didn't capture the imagination of anybody whatsoever. Uh, it's, that's That stings. I, was, I still see them putting out the dev updates. I'm like, they know nobody's playing it. They know they're going to have to go free to play pretty damn soon. And they're like, they're still updating the game and still making it better. I'm like, oh, that is really sad, actually. 
It's hard. Oh. And I'll tell you, I had, and I know you guys have had this experience too, but I worked pretty closely with the Dawn of War three people and oh, yeah. they're really nice, very lovely people. They're all from Vancouver, Canada. So they're like literally in the top 1% of the kindest people on earth. <laughs> um, and they just worked really hard. I had a lot of good ideas, but that game too. And uh, in like it, same thing that you're talking about TB too, where they're like, Hey guys, new content. New, and it's like new content, new content. No, yeah. It's not Just enough to bring people time back space. Oh, uh, I feel that's bad. Depressing. That's depressing. Yeah, that's the world. Like, not every game is going to be super successful. No, unfortunately not. Thankfully, a company that is super successful is the sponsor for today's show, ladies and gentlemen, Squarespace. <gasps> Head over to squarespacecom cooptional for 10% off your first order and free trial. We have a little ad for you. I'm sure it will make lots of sense. When we get back after the break, more about the games we have been playing over the last couple of weeks. There are plenty of them. We are literally drowning in them at this very moment. <laughs> Our lungs are being filled by wonderful games. Well, that's not a bad way to go. We'll be right back after the break, folks. Don't go anywhere. You're watching the Co-Optional Podcast. Well, the convention season has effectively come to a close. Someone and chest- no doubt some of you are suffering from that post-con funk. What meaning is there in life if one cannot prance around in branded merch of your favorite game, spending hours waiting for the opening of a giant loot box that doesn't exist? Well, fear not. But 2018 has more conventions than ever before, and the time to prepare is now. Would you like some contrived reasons as to why this has something to do with Squarespace? You'll be impressed, trust me. We have several that actually have some kind of practical application. Conventions are about having fun with your internet friends that you haven't seen in ages, waiting in line for hours for parties you'll never get into, and eventually giving up and heading to the nearest bar. With everyone so busy and coming in from all over the world, it's good to plan ahead, and what better way to do that than with an RSVP? Simply use the form block on Squarespace to ask if any of your internet friends want to venture outside and wait in really long lines with you. You'll quickly find out which of your guildies is loyal and which isn't. You've always suspected Priscilla. Pretty sure she's been grifting from the guild bank and sucking up to the main tank. Will she show up so you can confront her in real life over imaginary internet gold? What are conventions for, if not to bring pointless internet drama into the domain of real life? But perhaps you're here for a different reason. Perhaps you visit conventions to cosplay and want to show off your work to the world. Well, head over to squarespace.com cooptional for 10% off your first order and a free trial. Showcase your cosplay with Squarespace's incredible galleries. Present your photos in a wide variety of elegant templates and show off that costume and that frankly nauseating amount of detail that you put in. Some might say that cosplay is about sharing, but you know the truth. It's about making everyone else as jealous as possible, and what better way to accomplish that than a gallery on Squarespace? But all of this is just child's play, but perhaps you know the ultimate reason for convention attendance. You're part of a secret club, trading in dark and valuable artifacts, the cryptocurrency of the convention, the precious pin. Let's face it, some of these things are worth a fortune for some inexplicable reason. Fund your college tuition, put the down payment on that house you've been looking for, or simply buy a life-size version of your waifu, you strange, strange person, by selling your ill-gotten gains through Squarespace's tried-and-tested e-commerce system. Set up a store in just minutes, sell internationally and accept payments from pretty much anywhere. Might as well offload some of that swag while you're at it. No, no, you really don't need that many inflatables. How did you even get those? You know what? You do you. It's fine. Squarespace. Obsess over your passion and make sure the internet knows about it. Create a beautiful website with absolutely no experience required and receive 10% off your first order plus a free trial at squarespace.com slash cooptional. 
choose from an incredible, frankly excessive number of domains with instant setup and no hidden fees. They even have .beer. Do you want your site to look this beautiful? Then make your next move with Squarespace. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast. John. Yeah. Did you know my personal website, incontrol.gg, is a squared space website? Of course it is. That sounds like our competitor. Squarespace. I totally meant Squarespace. That jessicox.com is a Squarespace website? Now hang on, though, jessicox.com owner Jesse Cox. Did you know that that website, incontrol.gg, was made by my wonderful wife, who is not a web designer, but was still able to make using Squarespace, which I recently learned is not Squarespace. Is it that easy? It's you think that, that I'm a web designer? Is, is that what you're saying? You believe that I have web design no, skills? No, but Jesse you have has no money skills of any kind. You had somebody else do it, Jesse Cox. What? I would never give someone access to my life like that. No, but for real, I had help. Yeah. <laughs> but if you check out that website and see how beautifully made it is by someone who's an amateur, which is the British word for amateur, uh, you can understand that this sponsor of this show is pretty like phenomenal. They're pretty good. An aluminium amateur. Right. Why? <laughs> now back to your salt. regular scheduled garbage hour. Right. My sponsorship is the aluminium amateur. Onward. The shilling is now over. Dodger. Hi, the shilling is never over. That's just the thing. Like the shilling is on hold. Magnum, please. You can talk about Opus Magnum, yeah. I'm so excited. This is the new Zectron. I've heard of those condoms. What? Yeah, wow. it's a condom company that also makes video games like Space Chem, and uh, they also made Shenzhen. I, I don't believe you. Oh wow! <laughs> I say that. This is the dick potion game. Yeah, uh, this is the game where I made a dick potion. I remember so, that. Yeah. It's called a so stamina this, potion. What is by real and what isn't? I can't tell. <laughs> So, um, Zetronics is well known for making games that are a bit complex. Um, their last game, Shenzhen IO, was basically a computer programming game. Uh, it was very fun, fun, but I needed a lot of help with it, <laughs> like just wrapping my brain around it, right? This one, I think, is way more accessible and super, super fun. The concept of it is that you are an alchemist and uh, you. Are, are a very accomplished alchemist that knows how to do things without machinery, but it turns out that there are now uh, alchemy engineers who have come up with ways to like create machines that will do alchemy for you. So the game is like, like starts off with you learning how to use the machine, right? Like you already understand alchemy because you're incredible at it, but you don't know how to use the machine yet. So it's sort of like, takes you through that way where you you make like really really simplistic machines like okay well we have lead how do we calcify lead or how do we how do we uh you have water how do we calcify what like things like that where it's literally like one or two steps and you go cool did that thing um and then i'm completely hooked everything you said is really exciting i'm already glazing over it becomes it becomes so fun i sent TB two different gifts because the game. She did send me a gift. 
It did not explain anything. It lets you make gifts of your machines. So I have a couple of gifts that I had exported. So I figured I would give those to him so he could show you some of my machines. This is what makes Um, a stamina potion. Is your whole life no idea what's going on here? What? (laughs) Are you actually enjoying this, or is this is that real? She yeah, loves this. This is stuff. a super fun. This game is so fun. No, Jeff, you got to try this game. No, it's so fun. Look at this machine. Look at this. I don't know what that does. Why does this machine exist? For stamina. Yeah, she's trying what? to make a stamina potion because a lord needs. What? The lord was worried that his son wouldn't be able to perform at the proper time. Oh here, here's, here's it is about condoms. <laughs> we knew yeah, it. Here's what I'm saying. That's why I feel like Opus Magnum. Like he's trying. Wasn't he trying to have kids? Like, isn't my yeah, nephew needs to very... be able to perform? Look, like, within, within like two more machines, we were at war, and it became a totally different sort of game. So <laughs> that's because that stamina potion but, didn't work. Yeah, but when we were in you know peaceful times, this is the sort of bullshit isn't that the truth of things? Life. Though it, it starts off with erections and ends in war. Isn't that just that's, how yeah, it is? That is life. One has that's a tendency of leading yeah. to the other. Yeah. I'm so that tired is, of that storyline. I like a lot of Game of Thrones. That's literally what it is. Yeah. Erections and war. Um, but and yeah. Sometimes eunuchs don't have a re- well. Actually, there are eunuchs with erections in that show as well. So there you go. <laughs> uh, if I, I feel like Electronics game, and you were like, I don't. This doesn't totally make like this. Seems like I might enjoy it if I could just fucking understand it. Um, you should try this one. Honestly, like this is the first Zachtronics game where I've felt like I can, I've been able to basically do the whole thing hmm. by myself. Like it, it just takes, you know, you just have to take each piece of the machine and, and move it around until you're like, this will work, this will work. Right. And you have your Eureka moment and it's really, really fun. Um, how long did you play it for Dodger? Um, I played it two different streams total. Hold on. Let me. Hold on. What does Steam say? How long have I played this game? I probably left it open. Oh, no, I didn't. 10 hours. I played 10 hours of this game. Mm-hmm. It's so that. fun. I'm in, uh, I think there are five or six chapters, and I'm in the fourth, I think. You're not the first one to hype this up. Like, uh, people have been saying, yeah, this is the most accessible Zach Tronics game there is. Even Northern it- Lion can manage it, and he's an idiot. So, you know. <laughs> Don't That's listen true. to him lying, your sweet precious boy. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows it. Don't How... listen to them, your precious boy, Northern Lion. How many hours do you think you spent making a machine to help that guy's nephew perform better? I would say maybe a half an hour. Interesting. Maybe and 45 minutes. Now, Dodger, would you say half an hour is normal performance, or would you? You are we gonna have to move on here? Is this how it's gonna go? I feel like there are layers to this question. No, would you like to go into more detail? We can go deeper, Jesse. Can you go deeper at this question, please? I mean, it's I guess it's about preference, really. But I think that uh, I'm just curious what you know is half an hour acceptable or like, well, I mean, when making a potion, really, it's all about like you know how you approach it. Right. Uh, so really, at the end of the day, saying. it has to do with you know just the step-by-step process, mm-hmm. and whether or not you're just satisfied with the end result based on how you approached the situation. You know, did you feel pretty hands-on with this, or was it more of a like very, uh... very, very hands-on? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I understand. I mean, you have to be right. 
So after you, so after you were done, you would rate right. the process a what exactly? Oh, 10 for sure. Cool. Not a six right. out of nine or something. You think? No, I would. I, <laughs> so what else have we been playing this week? Uh, anything else, Georgia, uh, other than Opus Magnum? Out of nine? Get out of life. <laughs> He's not even trying anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke about sex, you guys. It was, it was the whole time. It was a Google time. You were goofing. Oh, that satire was rich. That was rich. To be fair, you have to have a very high they, IQ they to the understand Jeff's jokes. I say give it up for the Americans. You know what I mean? <laughs> Please talk about something else. Um, I uh, super fucked up my hand playing Ruiner. You were right. That game is so fun. Yup. Dodger, got... we said we're done with the sex really? joke. Uh, God's sakes. <laughs> so, uh, TB's talked about Ruiner quite a bit. We had somebody else on that played Ruiner, and I can't remember who. It's can't been talked was, about uh, a couple of different times. Yeah, it could have been wow. Joseph Anderson. I can't remember if he did it, but it's um, uh, not easy. They had to, they had to nerf no. the giant laser fuck you boss, I noticed. Because that yeah, thing I stuck on that. I saw that. I, I, like as someone that didn't play it, what I saw was Mother Boss is really yeah. That's silly. Mother Boss is the big oh, fuck you, Liza Boss. That they, makes so much sense because I beat her like no problem. Yeah, they, ner like, they nerfed her before you played it. Why did everybody say that this was so fucking hard? Because before it was basically like right. they they nerfed the tracking ability of the laser so you could actually dodge it, which is basically oh. not impossible prior to that. Right. You Instead had of to... just being like, you're over here now, you're over here now, you're yeah. over here. Oh, is your shield dead? Yeah, I it just hit you. Then. The original version of that boss, it just hit you. There's no it dodging. It stuck to you. They like you couldn't right. get out of the way of it. You had to have a specific like buff your shield up to the point where you could barely survive it. It was horrible. Right. Um, so funny story. Ha 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 ha! Funny okay, story. Sorry, just I went, preempting. Uh, when it asked me what difficulty I wanted, I was going through them, and I was convinced that there were four difficulties. I thought that it said easy, normal, hard, and brutal. And so I was looking at normal, and I was like, hmm. And I looked at hard, and I went, you know what? I love games like this. So sure, I'll go right in on hard, but I'm not going to go for brutal. That sounds ridiculous. So the whole time people were coming in and being like, what difficulty is she on? And I'd be like, oh, I'm I'm at the third difficulty out of four. So it's not the hardest. And then other people would be like, no, hard is the hardest. And I was like, no, it's not. There are four difficulties. This isn't the hardest. And they were like, no, it is. There's definitely only three difficulties. And I was like, guys, I'm the one playing the game. And I know that there were only four difficulties, okay? It turns out what I thought said brutal just said back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Like, go back and do something else oh, in this menu. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've been playing it. All the time. I've been playing it on the hardest difficulty the whole time. Well, um, and it builds character. Look at her subtle brag, though. She's like, the hardest boss beat that easy peasy. Yeah, you know, it makes sense that it was nerfed because it was just so fucking easy uh, on the yeah. hardest difficulty. Mm. Like, now you want a challenging game? Have I told you about Magnum Opus's recent game about boner design and stuff? That's a hard one. <laughs> boner, boner design. Boner. I would play Jesus that Christ. game. Um, what do you mean you hurt your hand though? How'd that happen? Like just it was like really is it really holy APM intensive? Shit. Uh the hand that like moves me around because there's so many things are coming at you so fast that you're like putting up shields, throwing shit, like moving around, like doing so much that this hand just like 
got wow. so yeah. fucked up. All this in here. Um, if I play this game for too long, all all in here starts to sting and go numb. So Damn. the first time that I played this, I was like, my hand hurts really bad. And then the next day I was an idiot because I had a lot of fun. I was like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna play it again. So uh I played it again and it only took like a half an hour for me to be like my hand fucking hurts so bad yep so um i actually i haven't played it again since then because i didn't want to like actually fuck up my hand playing it but it's a really really fun game so difficult i will admit one of the bosses bugged out and i was able to just shoot him because he wasn't moving like that uh, that's a that's a that's a uh, it's a gift it's what they give you it's a so, gift it's like you look, yeah, you've got through like, all of this knows that my hand we're just gonna right we're just gonna give you one just for free <laughs> trust me it's like you know take what? it stop complaining and take You're it sweet just here you go <laughs> uh that game is, that a game is great <laughs> i'm i'm glad that i played it because when i looked at the footage of it it did not seem like the sort of game i would like because i normally mm. don't like top-down shooters very much um but it's, it it actually has something really addicting about it. Um, yeah. So I played Ruiner. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything like new I've played because I I played Beholder for the first time. That game is pretty cool. Um. Oh, I did. Uh, I played Jackbox Party Pack Four. Have any of you guys done the Party Pack Four stuff yet? Yes, no. I played that at PAX West on a panel, or uh, PAX Australia, PAX West, PAX Australia on a panel. Uh, that game. Monster Seeking Monster is so good. <laughs> oh, good. Yes, I like that one, and I like the one that is the bracket, where the audience votes on who would win. I think that's really cool. The main problem I got with the bracket game is that it's the same joke repeated multiple times. So, because of the way the bracket hold bracket thing works, right, it does take um, away something. I think the Monster City oh. Monster is the first actual game they've made. I feel like in those packs, and it's very, very good too. Well, also, Monster Seeking Monster was really good on stream, right? Because I always play Jackbox stuff on stream, so it becomes really clear like these games work on stream and these games don't. Bracketeer did not work on stream because everybody pandered and every answer was Jesse Cox, and it was not yeah. funny. But 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 here's the thing. <laughs> Out. like besides that if you try to go with a pandering answer eventually it'll go up against like a real good one and chances are the good you one don't know went my out. chat they'll always choose jesse cox even <laughs> when the other answer is better you know what hey the other answer is always the yeah. always wins in my chat i'll take them i'll take them dude Come i'm actually over. i get so salty at those games and, I, and I, i've done a better job lately of like suppressing it but whenever it's a game of like you know cards against humanity and stuff like that and, and someone's just like all right what'd you get and they're like well i got purchase penises uh, and everyone's like, oh, yeah. like and i'm over here with like four words that actually really cleverly go together and i'm like that's not the fucking like, ah you yeah. said dick though so this is this is why pitch games about i've always said you know cards against humanity is what i call prosthetic humor like that's yeah. you're basically you're not telling a joke. The deck is telling a joke for you with at least something like snake oil or fun employed. You've got prompts to work from and you can turn pretty much anything to something funny. Have, have any of you guys played uh, survive the internet? Did you play that? Yeah, game? I, I play that game every day, Jesse. Well, I won it. Like it's just like that. I won survive um, the internet because I'm a horrible person. 
It is I thought that game fun. was super fun, but it took yeah. a while for people to understand what exactly it was doing. Yeah, yeah the whole premise is like, get if, confused. If, if the four of us were playing, uh, we'd all write like a, a blurb about something that we saw. Like it would give us information, and then on the on the turn, it would send whatever quote we said to someone else, and then you'd have to create the 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 post that it was about. But and like, but each one, the thing that gets confusing is that each one is a different type of website. Yes. So like the first round, it might be like, all right, so you're making a, you know, a, a an image oh. sharing post, well, right? Also, yeah, so it'd be like, Instagram. And the, then description, like, the description would say like, um, this, you're writing a review for a vacuum cleaner. And so you would write like, it sucks pretty good, but has big bags or something like that. And so then it would go off to someone else and that person would write what the initial post was. And it would be like, boy, do I like, I don't know, the Statue of Liberty. And then people would be like, it sucks pretty, you know, whatever. And so that's like the joke. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that, but like, that's what it, that, that was. Yeah. That, that was an odd one, but we kind of get the point. Yeah, it's about taking someone's answer, applying it to someone else, something else to essentially make it completely out of context and... Uh, you know, a lot of that survive the internet. A lot of that game is like, well, how far is the group willing to go and is comfortable going? Because you could do some horrendously fucked up shit in that game. Oh, it's just like Quiplash. Quiplash is literally the how fucked up is this group of people game. Yeah, yeah, and it and it also identifies who fucks with the post as well. So you've got to own that that you type that. Uh, oh yeah, it'll show you like who who turned you into a terrible person. Yeah, <laughs> and. And the points are awarded so that the person who creates the title gets the most points, while the person who made the comment gets bonus points, I think. So it isn't about your initial funniness. It's about what you can do with someone else's uh, yeah. information, which I think is cool. Yeah, it works pretty uh, well. Um, Monster Seeking Monster, though, as Dodger yeah. is the best saying. One. Yeah. What I was, what was going to say is that it's really, really good with an audience because the entire audience gets to be one of the people dating. Yeah. Um, so, like, even if there are 600 of you, right, you you basically get a prompt for a sentence and then it'll be like, choose a word. And whatever word wins, whatever the majority chooses, it could say something like, man, you know, I really love tentacles and all that kind of thing. And the word that they chose will be in all caps. So you know which word was like them just choosing something, right? Um, and so they get to be super involved and they get to like choose as a group like oh man who do we go for like who are we gonna date right and they're very active and it's so fun to watch chat because they're all like we gotta go for this person no that person fucked us over last time we gotta go for this person. don't trust that person yeah they don't love us to, right? to actually so add fun. some like context this, this is essentially a social deduction game where yeah. everybody starts off as a human and everybody also has like a secret monster class that will have like a hidden objective so, and that gets, it gets revealed. The more successful you are, you get revealed, you get outed as a particular kind of monster. It's like, oh, he's trying to have this happen to him or whatever. So we better try and not do that. So, you know, there was a vampire who's like, well, anyone they date, they also become a vampire. And then it's bonus points at the end for how many vampires there are and all that kind of thing. So, and, and yeah, there is a, you've got a limited number of lines you can send to try and convince the person to date you. 
And yes, there is like, all right, we're going to do this. Like, uh, this is safe. This is a good play. And then someone fucks you over, etc. It's, yeah. you know, it's it's one of the first real games Jackbox has actually made. And it's actually surprisingly good for what it is. I, yeah. I thought, you know, I enjoyed it as a genuinely cool social deduction. Yeah, I loved it because as you... Because there are a bunch of different monsters you can potentially be. You won't see them all in one game. Mm -hmm. So as you learn which monsters are which, you start to, you definitely start to be like, wait, are they the creep? Are they, yeah. are they playing me right now? Like, is the reason that they talked to me, but then didn't date me because they're this type of monster, right? And you, yeah, you start to really try to like pick people apart and you don't know who to trust. It's great. Yeah. I think most social deduction games kind of have that way, especially if you have a hidden role of any sort. It does take a few games to pick up. Uh, example of something we've been playing, we played it uh, just after BlizzCon, actually. We spent a good amount of time playing this as Triple Agent, which is a social deduction game you play on a single phone, and you hand the phone around. The phone gives hidden orders and roles to people. They just released the DLC for it, which puts a bunch of hidden roles underneath all of that, which is actually, in my opinion, far too much for that game. Like, it's... It's ridiculous levels of complexity where, like, for instance, someone has a suspicious past and the player doesn't know about this necessarily. And, like, whenever somebody looks at their identity using an ability which lets them do that, they're going to show up as the bad guy, even if they're not the bad guy. There's another thing which lets <laughs> you swap roles with someone else, but that guy doesn't know that you swapped roles with them. Also, you don't know what role that person was in the first place. It just gets to be too much uh so we after a few games that like we need to start pairing this down a bit thankfully the game lets you pick whatever option you want to turn off but i think a couple of those roles in each game would be nice but all of them too much no 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 but outside of that is it's a very very good little social deduction game on your phone that you can you know pick up for two bucks and just hand the phone around the party and it's all played in like about 10 minutes you know, it's a nice timing for that as well Going back to Jackbox for a second, I do want to play the new variant of Fibbage they've done. What is it? Fibbage like you or something like that, where all you're muted again. <laughs> a really personal one. Yeah, yeah. Where, where all the answers are like tailored to people in your group. I think that's a fantastic idea. Hmm. If you yeah, know. I, I was like, oh, should you we with? try this? And everybody was like, no, this is for like you with a group of friends because it's all like personal stuff well i mean it isn't it's not i mean you could the totally play still jesse cox for everything though right <laughs> probably you could obviously. still totally if you know with the right group of streamers you could absolutely but if obviously with an audience nah you can't play it with randoms you'd have to play it with a group of like streamers but that still could i think be very entertaining viewing if you did it right yeah i think that's the point is like you mm -hmm. can't you can't play it with an no. audience no 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 that's that's not an option at all but it seems like a nice little mix of games, uh, especially, you know, just those three, I think, in particular, are very good. I, Like I said, I'm not a huge fan of bracketeering, but I guess in certain circumstances, it's pretty all right. Mm. All right. Other games we've been playing. Uh, who has had a chance to play Wolfenstein? I have it on the way. I haven't played it yet, though. Really excited about it. Everyone says really good things. So far, so good. Uh, I'm a good few hours in. Not as far as I want it to be, but being busy last couple of weeks. I feel, very, I feel like it's just like the same as the first, where it's just like a very gorgeous, you're excited about, you know, big epic battle moments and stuff like that. But I, I think everyone knows what you're getting from that too, which I really enjoy. Well, like, so I'm just far looking it's for 45,000 hours of gameplay. I'm just looking mm. for a really fun experience. And if it is just like a, you know, eight to 12 hour experience or whatever, that's fine. 
I haven't actually got the big epic battle moments yet. Like, mm. there's there's a little bit at the start, which is kind of cool, but the rest of it's been fairly narrow. You know, it's, it's a lot of corridors, a lot of, you know, limited combat. I'm hoping it opens up a bit because one of the big things that I really liked about the original Wolfenstein was how globetrotting that game was. Like, locations all over the world and in all sorts of other places. I don't want to spoil, obviously, where it goes, but it pretty much goes everywhere. And mm. so far with Wolfenstein 2, I have not had that yet. I'm okay with it not doing that in the first few hours. I do hope it opens up because if not, then it will become a little bit too corridor shooty for my liking. They've got some good storytelling in there. As usual, you know, BJ Blazkowicz is the least interesting character surrounded <laughs> by a lot of very interesting characters. You know, <laughs> he's like very, yeah, very grump grump uh, they do kind of explain why there's some pretty brutal scenes very early in the game which were not pleasant to participate in whatsoever which was the point you know they were not supposed to be nice but it's so far you know more wolfenstein i need to play a few miles of it to really get an impression of it though you know i need i need to see it open up a bit more because if it doesn't then I wouldn't say it's as good as the first one. Uh, so we'll see where it goes. I'd be, I'd be very surprised if it didn't, just because... I hope not. It was like pretty unanimous, the, what I heard about it, in terms of just everyone's like, yep, it's just good. Are there any fantastic, over-the-top lines of dialogue yet? Yeah, plenty. It Is depends, there obviously as good as I'm coming for you, you Nazi fucking spaceman? Because that's my favorite line in any video game ever. Let uh, very early on, you meet one of the big bads, and there is a scene which is absolutely full of crazy dialogue. Uh, it depends on which timeline you picked, but there's some crazy shit that goes on pretty early on. And oh, so it has a timeline thing like the first one. Yeah, yeah, it lets you. It does a little recap that lets you pick which of the timelines for the first game you went for. So you have a oh, chance to. You can switch it if you want, or you can stick with what you did from the first game. So that will mean the same characters that were alive in the first one. It'll go up to the second. Uh, so really up to you as to whether or not you want to do that or not. I stuck to what I had with the first one because I like Fergus a lot, and I'm kind of glad that I did stick with that. Is he the oh, is he the old dude? He's the Scottish guy. Really, like, angry Scott engineer guy. I think I picked the young kid in the first one. I was pretty pleased because I got to... I think that led to Jimmy Hendrix. Yeah, I don't think he appears if you go with the other timeline. I didn't get him, yeah. but... Yeah, I just I just need to put a few more hours into it. Uh, so far, you know, it's, it's fine. You know, gunplay's fine. I still find that switching out of dual wield into single wield awkward. Almost like I'm not pressing the right button. Especially like, oh, I need, I need this particular weapon out. Oh, God. I've two weapons. There's weapons everywhere. Fucking bollocks. Uh, they could make that system a little less clunk. There might be some console-itis going on with that. But outside of that, you know, it's still the great shooting the really awesome maiming things and as the game makes very clear there's a lot of things you can do with a hatchet and a nazi <laughs> very true there are i'm coming for you you nazi fucking space, space man. man that's my favorite line in any game and he has a giant laser when he says it it's yep. great it's so good oh you get laser early on in this two kinds of laser in fact so you you will love it definitely i just Speak like the game uh, obviously it went this route but it just like it owns its silly nature you know like there's for the first time ever there was some hubbub around it where it's like wow well, talking about killing nazis is, you oh know, no like, how terrible okay. and, and they were 
they eventually were just like, yes. Yeah, pretty it's, much. That's Devin Fuck off about. Nazis. It's always been about killing Nazis. Nazis. Get your politics out of my video game. They're not even just Nazis. It's Wolfenstein. They're like mega space Nazis. crazy Nazis. So it's like, if it was ever a question of how they're trying to make it as morally okay as possible to murder people, it would be the game yeah. Wolfenstein, where they're pretty like, pretty much, it's yeah. like Hydra, where it's, they're even worse than Nazis. They're like way yeah. worse than Nazis. Yeah. Like it's it's okay. Killing is awesome. Yeah. Let it go. It's it, Wolfie's interesting. Know, is, I... Wolfie is interesting because it does often clash like the complete absurdity of what's going on with some pretty gritty stuff with what's going on with the characters. You know, there's obviously you know the guy with PTSD in the treat very well. You know, uh, talking about you know, it's like we might not survive this, and you know, there's a. All sorts of other things. I just don't don't want to spoil in particular, but they very feel like very human characters in a really fucked up, crazy situation, but acting kind of in the way that they would. There's a bit of pulp in there. I'm glad there is a bit of pulp in there. Oh, yeah. you know, if you throw the inglorious bastards kind of stuff out the window, then you have a much less interesting game, as far as I'm concerned. And also, one of the things that I think makes this the last iteration in this one of Wolfenstein is the fact that they it's set in the '60s. And because the political turmoil of the 60s, they put that in this world and then add Nazis to it. And it it, it makes it a compelling game. And to take yeah. out this like this the commentary, the social commentary of the time would do it a disservice because that's the whole fucking point of the, the game. I mean, I, I don't even take the argument seriously. Like, there's not a single good argument or anyone worth taking seriously that says that they should not politicize Wolfenstein. That is the stupidest shit I have ever heard. And I have read a lot of very stupid shit about video games lately. So, yeah. That's also can... not the stupidest thing you've ever heard. It's just oh, when, Probably not. No, but... <laughs> It just is. <laughs> it is the stupidest thing I've heard, at least within the last month. So, you know, let's go yeah, with that. Okay, fair enough. We'll go with that. The other World War II E kind of thing that I did play a bit of is Call of Duty World War II. Mostly being focused on multiplayer. I haven't touched the campaign yet. I have heard some good things about the campaign. That. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard some things about the campaign that I like the idea of. It almost reminds me of uh, Republic Commando. Like, they don't have regenerating health. You've got med kits and you have a medic with you. You've got a guy that can, you know, you can tell to call in an airstrike over there. You've got a guy that can cool. resupply with ammo and stuff. So like, wait a minute, that's how Republic Commando did it, didn't it? You know, you had a squad yeah. that you worked through and they all had different things. Like, oh, that sounds interesting potentially. Uh, but I've mostly been playing the multiplayer and mostly playing war mode because war mode is the best mode. And it's just like Wolfenstein enemy territory, which is fantastic. I uh, had a lot of fun with that. It's been especially fun to play objectives against people that don't know how to play objectives. That's very fun. Um, there's a there's a map with a bridge, and we took the command center easily, and I was like, right, got to repair the bridge. So we tossed down a couple of smoke grenades so their snipers couldn't see shit, rebuilt the MG nest on the top, and then murdered all of them as we very easily rebuilt the bridge. Like, what do I do in this situation? They're using the strategies. This isn't fair. Yeah, so that went really well. That that mode is fine. Like the gameplay seems fine. It's it's fun enough. Some of the maps are kind of shitty. Some of them are all right. I think the war maps are probably the best ones because they're very obviously linear. Push to this part. Push to this part. You know the enemy's going to come from this direction. So there's no bullshit. Oh, he's over here and killed you before you saw him, sort of thing. So that helps. The other maps maybe not so much, but that mode is fine. That fucking headquarters thing though, where you watch people open loot boxes. Jesus Christ. That's a thing. 
Yeah, what? there is. A, for those who don't know, there is a side objective which gives you XP where there's the headquarters that you can go to and everyone's in third person. It's supposed to be like this little social space because, you know, Call of Duty needs that. And you sort of wander around the beach. It lets you buy things and do stuff like that. Uh, one of them is if you watch someone else open a loot box, there's a little side objective for that. What? Yeah. I like it. Um, Let's get into that voyeuristic wow, category that I really enjoy. What's the side objective, though? What? Is to watch, watch someone them. open a loot box. Because the loot watch box drops them. on the beach, and you can see it just like everybody else. Uh, I mean, I feel like they put it in there for a couple of reasons. One, you go to YouTube and watch loot box openings. They get millions of views. Secondly, they would quite like to encourage you to buy more. The interesting thing about it is the loot boxes are full of absolute dog shit to the point where I would never be interested in buying them. By the way, you can't buy them at the moment. There is no way to earn that currency other than in-game, but you know they're putting it in later. They've done it in the past few COD games. So they... Yeah, they thought, all right, well, maybe we can encourage people to go for more of them if other people see them. But they've got so much crap in them, that, like so many duplicates and crap stuff that you can't really do much with, that I would not be encouraged in any way to do that. The really cool stuff, which is you collect pieces to build these sort of shiny epic guns, which give you a mild XP boost. That's all they do. They're still the same power, but they look pretty cool. That stuff all goes on at the Quartermaster, which you can't see. So all the really cool shit you don't get in the boxes to begin with. Well, so, can I just say, if there's pointless. anything I really enjoy, it's super mediocre loot. Like, if, if, <laughs> if there's anything that just sets fire to Absolutely. my excitement. Yeah, it's it really unending. Earlier, so. It really just, good in my loins when I was getting what, voice lines like pizza, out of Overwatch. Like when you have too many specialized pizzas, eventually, what do you do? You circle back around to the pepperoni or cheese, right? And mm -hmm. that's, that's what I like in my loot. I want to see someone open it up, excited about the possibilities. What do they get? mundane basic shit with slight Indeed. stat adjustments that's what i want and there's not even any stat adjustments yet and i hope they keep it that way honestly okay it's just yeah it's like oh you got a calling card great well done oh your five minute xp boost they're so stingy about that the girl is five minutes wow <laughs> I get half a game in. Oh dear. Well, to be fair, to be fair, most of the people playing that game is like 12 years old. So five minutes out of a 12 year old's life is like a pretty significant percentage, actually. That's true. You know, that's when they sort of lose the patience. The game itself is fine so far. Like it's all right. It's kind of what I expected, honestly. And there's a good, there's a decent amount of customization. I'm enjoying fucking around with my infantry guy who the infantry division gets a bayonet that's always fun so my entire objective is just to run screaming at people and stab them and yeah. that continues to be enjoyable and will probably not become boring anytime soon but yeah you know, it's, it's cod it, it is what you would expect uh but that one mode is the reason i play because i wanted a new enemy territory and that's basically a new enemy wolfenstein enemy territory right there and Raven actually worked on it as well. That was the same company that worked on that game. To, uh, to, it was Return to Castle Wolfenstein they worked on. And I know Splash Damage did thing. But yeah, they had some involvement in it. So it's been, you know, it's fine for what it is. It's fine. I think it's what people expected from it. And that's, you know, COD's always going to be that. You know, it's, it's a very safe game. But when they tried to get a little crazy with it, I don't think the regular guys actually liked that. So I guess they want, you know, it's like they want the roster update every year. Sure. Yeah, this game seems like a return back to what people enjoyed a little bit before. They got a little bit yeah. parkoury yeah. and jumpy, which mm. seemed to be it feels a little bit. It's kind of interesting, by the way, because 
because Call of Duty is like a market defining game. It's a yeah. huge, gigantic success. But if you follow each of their games uh, after basically Call of Duty Black Ops like two, all their games kind of follow what other games are doing and try to kind of just do it better or just they went like the mobility the idea, thing. Yeah, for like three or four games, they went for about hyper mobility. They went to uh-huh. advanced warfare and then suddenly realized that people couldn't handle that on consoles, so had to dial it back for Black Ops Three and things like that. Um, and then obviously they've gone back to boots on the ground. Nothing, you know, nothing like that at all. Uh, but even so. the fact that it's World War Two feels like a direct response. even developmenting time to battlefield like it was just them being like all right we'll do that as well yeah basically uh you know they're they're seeing what they think the market is going for right now and they're going in that direction so maybe they're right maybe they're wrong i say i think it's a fairly reasonable multiplayer shooter so far and i'm gonna try the campaign see how it ends up panning out hopefully it's good right now we're you know we are awash with riches when it comes to single player shooter campaigns and there's still one at least one more to come this year with battlefront and then there's Far Cry 5, of course. That's a, is that out this year, or did they push it? Maybe I December? Think it got pushed. I think it got pushed. Let me check. So, like, if hell, if you want single-player shooters this year, you you kind of <laughs> came to the right place. We've got plenty of them, by the looks of it. Yeah, they, they, I guess they pushed Far Cry 5 to February, um, which is probably for the best. Like, it's way, way too crowded right now for that. Um, but, yeah, plenty of options. Well, that was all right couple of minutes before we go to the break anyone else got any other games that they have been playing they'd like to talk about before we go to the break and then we talk blizzcon i think that was kind of interesting um wonder what you guys think about this too but like i'm a huge uh uh why did i just now fucking blank on the name you're a huge one i'm a huge idiot is a huge just commit to it What's that side? Dar- Darkest Dungeon. I don't know fucking why I blanked on that, but I did. Um, yeah, I'm a very Dungeon. big fan of that. The, I mean, I'm sure you guys all played the DLC when it came out a little mm-hmm. while ago in court. But they just kind of recently came out with a, a new class, Shield Breaker. Shield and I Breaker. Thought it was really interesting because I love that game, but I found myself completely not interested in playing at all because of one new class. Like... Uh, that game is so fun. It's so great. But maybe it's because I did beat the Crimson Court DLC recently enough. And that was like a 110 hour campaign. Yeah. But I, but I need more. If you're going to if you're going to get me to come back to that game, like Crimson Court had me come back because I already beat it a yeah. couple times before that. But Crimson Court was like a whole new area, a new class or two. I think it was new enemies. Yeah. I was like, yes, I'll do that. But but just Shield Breaker. I don't know anything about its commercial success. I know that on Twitch it didn't get much of a spike at all. I mean, it's just um, a little three dollar thing. Like it makes yeah. it. What was kind of confusing to me is that they didn't launch those before Crimson Court. Like I think you know, regularly yes. adding classes for like small micro payments, I think is a good way to do things. I don't, but I'd have started that like a year ago, uh, that's yeah. a, you know, or even before that, just to keep people sort of ticking over. I, I, I think you're right. It's not a big enough release to bring people back to the game. Although, I, if people want to start the game, now's the perfect time since oh, it's yeah. on uh, chrono.gg slash TB for a big discount right now over the next 24 hours if you want to check it out. Worth having that's a look what, at that. That's what I find interesting because there's definitely like, there's no argument for why it's bad to make new characters. Like, that makes sense to me. That's awesome. Mm. It's great. I'm, I love that they do that. My point is, if you don't pair that with additional content or something like that, I feel like you're leaving money on the table. Like, that, that the release of the Shield Breaker 
in conjunction with something like Crimson Court, the sales, and I don't, I'm saying this completely as an armchair quarterback. I have no fucking idea, but my idea would be it's a thousand percent, it's 12,000 percent more likely to make more money, you know, or exponentially more money if released to bring people back. But, but for me personally, I won't buy that character until they give me something that brings something me back more and, to bring it back into it. it, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the timings may be not great on that. Yeah, I can't but blame them for, for trying just like snippet DLC though, right? Yeah, like they've done some pretty big updates in the past, and then now we got Crimson Court. This is their first time really trying to add something like just on its own, sure. you know, just to see how it does. Um, and really, I guess only they know whether or not it was worth it. Yeah. If I'm they're sure able to like pump a, lot, a new yeah. one out once a month or something, that would be all right. Yeah. See, like, that's what I'm saying, though. My point isn't that this is like... I agree with everything you said, and, I, and yeah, maybe it wasn't part of an experiment, or maybe to them it was a, a huge success. My argument is always just that, like, that kind of content for that kind of game, I mm. feel like will always be okay, but could be, like, that $3 purchase alongside a, you know, even separate, is what I would say, from, like, a Crimson Court DLC. Like I said, I, I my projection... My estimate is that it would it would just earn more money, like a lot more money. Yeah, possibly. Right. We'll see. Uh, hopefully, they bring out a few more and then maybe bundle them up. I might be yeah. a way to do it. Because they're all, all great right. too. Every, yeah. all, let's say that about Darkest Dungeon. Every little piece of content they make is fucking phenomenal. It's like balanced really well and and a lot of fun. The Jester was a little bit imbalanced for a little while, but then they immediately yeah. balanced it. Like they, they just do a great job. They're just. I think so. Good on them. Some people are a bit miffed that we haven't talked about Super Mario Odyssey. I've got to be honest, I haven't had the chance oh. to play it yet. I did watch Gerard oh. play a bit of it at the office. That but game is, is it... very fun. I've played quite a oh, bit. Oh, you've of actually it. played a bit of it? All right. Well, yeah. we'll do that. We'll extend it just so people shut up about it. <laughs> it's like I say, I haven't had the chance. Also, I can't spell Odyssey. So, you know, that is also <laughs> an super, issue. I'm not super long winded typically, so uh, it shouldn't take long. But. Um, yeah, Mario Odyssey is very, very fun. Uh, it, I, I mean, I, I don't really know what all there is to say about it except that it's, it feels really nice to play. Um, it gives you a lot of like collectibles. Some people have have said maybe too much. There's like too much to be done in each area. There's but a I, ludicrous I like... amount. Huh? There's a ludicrous amount. I was watching Gerard try and find all these moons. I'm like. How the it's fuck? Like Eight hundred and fifty or something like that. Just Absurd. A crazy amount of moons. Um, but like each area is very manageable, and each area has its own flavor and style, and it feels just very fun. Like I, I appreciate any any sort of a game that puts you in a zone, and it's like, okay, this is the zone, right? This is the area that I need to focus on in this moment right now. I don't need to worry about going beyond where I'm supposed to be, right? All of this is important. Um, every time that I've been to a new area and I've, it, it makes it clear like, okay, this is the thing that you need to do for the story. And you can go off and, and do like side stuff if you want. You can, you know, try to find secret stuff if you want. The secret stuff is like fairly obvious. Um, yeah. But for for somebody who just wants to like play a Mario game, right? Who just wants to like hop in and be like, "That's me." Do this, 
uh, it makes it very clear, like, okay, this is the next moon you're going for. This is exactly where it is. Here's a fucking beacon in the sky. You see exactly which direction you're supposed to go in, right? Um, it makes it really clear how to beat each area and then move on. So it's pretty chill, like it's a chill experience. I think so. I, I think it's super chill. The the little bosses that you have to beat at the end of each area are really reminiscent of like old Mario. Like it's it's pretty clear what you're What's supposed to do. What's the status of the Koopa fun. Kid? Uh, I have yet to see a Koopa Kid in this game. I am not okay with the lacking of Koopa Kids. Who knows? They might show up. You know what, girl? They might show up later. What about I don't Bowser know. Jr.? Is he there? I have yet to see a Bowser Jr. Is this I'm a sorry. Pool, then? I don't know. Is it, this is an official Mario game, right? Not it's third party canon. Yeah, are you sure this wasn't? This Bruce's is an official Mario title? game, I promise. Okay. Um, I'm excited. It got me to buy a Switch. Just the, the the thing that sold me on it was people are like, "This is very reminiscent of Mario 64." I'm really it enjoying. Is. It. Like, Oops, yeah, that's it's it. it's so fun. It's really cute. Every area, I'm like, "Oh, I love this area." Like, there, I haven't been to a place where I've been like, "This is." fucking boring right like every every zone is fun how much gambling is in this mario how much gambling is in this mario yes. is there uh, slots there are no slots can i just I say can... jesse asking these hard-hitting mario questions is is just phenomenal we need <laughs> well, this. you know mario this is true it's journalism. Gotta be like a gambling i have mechanic, yet right? i have yet to hear the do 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 i have not i have not says there are slots I think, there's a, I think there's a little Look, live casino area. But they're not much RNG. Oof. Yeah, there are slots in the game. It doesn't need to be RNG. It just needs to be timed like it was in the previous Marios where you had to like, and then you press it. And then you get right. like everything lines up. Right. Yeah. All right. We good then. Sounds like a Mario game. <laughs> it passes. Yeah. I, I think it's so cute. I really love it. I, I haven't done the two-player, but I have a lot of friends who have done two-player where like one person's in charge of the hat and one person's in charge of Mario. And they've said that it's really fun that way. Now, um, I'm going to ask a really stupid question. I'm sorry. Maybe there's five other people in the chat that this helps them. I'm going to go pick up my Switch like literally in an hour or two. When yeah. you say two-person, is that both controllers off the same Switch? So like Anna yes. and I can play you that. Can do I don't that, need to go yes. buy another Switch. You don't yeah. need to buy another Switch. Oh, yeah, dude, that's sick. I love this game. All right, guys, I'll be right back, man. I'm going to go get that. <laughs> nope, nope. We need you, we need you for BlizzCon. Also. My hat? Give me a. Come on, I'm the overalls, right? Um. Also, this is the first game that I've played where I've kept it in handheld mode, and it hasn't bothered me. Only so. reason I ever used my Switch handheld mode. Never yeah, played, I normally hate the handheld mode on the Switch because they want me to press all kinds of buttons that my hands are too small for. But this one, it's totally mm. fine. Donald Trump is the same problem I heard. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, if Donald, Donald Trump's Trump. small hands keep him from <laughs> pressing the buttons, then I'm entirely okay with that. We're going to a break. When we come back, no nuclear war today. Thank you very much. We'll be talking a little bit about BlizzCon. Don't go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Coptional Podcast. All right, oh, wow. news-wise, BlizzCon has been dominating the headlines, unsurprisingly, for a wide variety of reasons. And at least three of us were there. Two of us. I mean, Dodger work was in the close. event. Yeah, she, she was, was within nearby. proximity. Dodger, yeah. you were there, right? No, you didn't go? No, she was not. Wow. No, I didn't wind up going. Oh, I was working the event. Oh, you, you were working yeah, it, you no were. doubt about that. Oh, my. Well, BlizzCon headlines for all games except poor Whittle Diablo. 
Man, it's almost that, as if they forget that game exists. It had two panels, each totaling about 40 minutes. So, rip, I guess. What did they even say? Nothing. It was just like one panel was a community panel and one panel was, uh, hey, let's talk about the Necromancer that has been out for a while. That was it. There was nothing new. Which, that's quite sad. Uh, but yeah. at least they didn't get an hour-long panel about a loot box that did not exist. Uh, so that was the thing. <laughs> So the story was there was supposed to be a panel which involved the unboxing of a giant Overwatch loot box. I was, oh my! Uh, when you're done, I have an amazing story about this. I mean, <laughs> I feel like this is kind of the story in and of itself. But the plan was to bring out this giant loot box, and they were going to open it. It was called "What's in the Loot Box." And oh my God. apparently they just dragged a few YouTubers on the stage. Uh, Stylosa, who's actually been on this show before, was involved. I think Greg lost. Sky Williams was involved for some reason. Sky was there. Sky was in the intro promo video at the beginning of the con. Yeah. I was like, That's all so right, fun. hey, dude. I I didn't know. Yeah. Yep. No, no one had any Thank kind of idea what way. was going on. The giant loot box apparently never made it. It was held up in customs. No. No, nope, the, so the panel spent uh, was spent looking at a, oh, oh. a very small loot box, and apparently what was supposed to be in the loot box was just another YouTuber who sort of awkwardly walked out on stage and said hi later, and that was basically the whole thing. What? Okay. Uh, so Overwatch Wait, can make so really they, shitty content. Okay, I got They you. were going to open up the loot box and just another YouTuber was going to be in there? That was the plan? Uh, that was my understanding. Uh, yeah, so this is what I'm reading about it. There was supposed to be a giant loot box. It didn't make it through customs. The stage was completely empty aside from the panelists. The panelists were three YouTubers guessing for almost an hour straight as to what was in the loot box prop that didn't exist. For the big reveal, after an hour, another YouTuber walked out on stage and was like, uh, yeah, I was supposed to be in the loot box, haha, I was gonna be in costume, but I didn't do that. Anyway, that's it, thanks for coming. Oof. Yeah, so- Well um, then. <laughs> I, like, one of the funniest things, so I was sitting, um, at one point I was in one of the areas, I don't remember where I was during that day, but, uh, one of the guys I know works at Blizzard was running by carrying a bunch of like covered up obvious weapons. Right. And, and I was like, where are you going? He's like, I got to go to this panel. There's a bunch of stuff happening, but like, it's supposed to be for a loot box. And I have all these people expecting a loot box, but we have no loot box. I don't really know what to do. And I was like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, no, we're, we got a loot box. The whole panel was like, I, we're going to guess what's in the loot box. And I was like, so what are you doing? He's it. like, just finding shit that we can like say was in the loot box. <laughs> Wait, so it's maybe that dude wasn't even supposed to. Be <laughs> it's a phenomenal. Like, like, literally, I think analogy. What, 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 what they did say was that the loot box will eventually come, so they're going to use it for something else. And like, there was actually some cool stuff supposedly inside of there. Really? But I think what happened is they, it like they had to scramble at the last minute and like come up with something. So like, it was literally just My God. like like a dude running with like a bunch of shit covered up in a cloth, like. Yeah, yeah, I just got to get it there. Uh, it's so. a wonderful analogy for what loot boxes is. You know, you open them up, you spend a bunch of time in order to open up that loot box. It ends up being a giant waste of time and a huge disappointment. So well done to Blizzard for this, reminding um, us of that. Yeah, I don't I don't know how you guys feel about this year's BlizzCon. I, I think every BlizzCon I walk away with the same like, well, that was fun. I'm glad I went and saw my friends and stuff. But right. sure. this year reminds me of many of the years where it was like, 
we don't have a lot to show you. So, like, hey. I mean, unless you're maybe, a WoW player, in which case you got a shit ton of stuff to talk about. Yeah, but playing-wise, like, except for the panels, playing-wise, boy, do I hate the WoW demos because it's literally like I can just play WoW. Like, well, there's no difference. What can you ever do with that that would be interesting? You know, yeah. maybe a bit of a starting area for new races. I'm like, that. that's really all you can do. So, I mean, I never expect that to be interesting. For StarCraft, you got to play the new co-op commander who is and really fun. Cool. So that's awesome. Uh, I, mean, I, I did that. That was fun. The biggest piece of news probably out of BlizzCon was obviously the announcement of a new WoW expansion, which we knew. They not only played the feature trailer, but also gave us the cinematic, which was pretty fucking awesome. Like, I will never not though, enjoy right? seeing like, those. Was last year Overwatch? No, no, two years ago was Overwatch. Last two year years? was sombre announcement for Overwatch. Yeah, last year still didn't have a ton. Yeah, no. they, they showed a new cinematic for Overwatch, and obviously they did a bunch about the Owl League and everything like that. But the big oh. thing for Star... For, not for StarCraft, we'll talk about StarCraft free to play in a bit. For WoW was they are going to do classic servers, which is something they said for years they wouldn't do. They right. said, yeah, we're going to do it. And they gave no details as to how they're going to do it. But obviously oh, that's so, opened up a huge speculation. Was there a panel where they explained that at some point? No, but I did. A, so I was going to interview Ian Hazakasis, the like lead for WoW. And instead he just like, I was playing on a stream and he just like came and joined me for an hour. And I was like, okay. fuck it, let's just talk. And so one of the things I asked him right away was like, so what's going on? Because I interviewed him a year ago about it. And he was like, it's not going to happen. Like, we're not focused on that. And I was yeah. like, did you lie to me, Ian? And he and he was like, no, what we aren't even we haven't even started working on it yet. Yeah. We are just accepting the fact that we are going to do it. And then he was like, everyone online, everyone who was like bitching up a storm, essentially, and was like, we want this. If you're part of the team that made like literally come work for us, we want you to come and create WoW Classic for us. So he just put a call out to like everyone who was like, I could make a classic server. He's like, please apply to Blizzard. We would love to have you work on this. So they're just starting it right now. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, because so many people, I think, looked at that announcement and said, ah, this is why they shut down so many vanilla servers. Yeah. Because they, they've planned for a while on making their own. But I guess no. it was just I think it's idea. they shut it down and now are like, we got to service those people, right? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, they, they realize you know, that there's enough. There is an audience. On it. Yeah. But the question is, in what form? Because yeah, I was talking to people about this and, you know, we all came to kind of the same conclusion. No, you can't just do vanilla. Vanilla was shit right. in many, many, many ways. In ways that people don't even realize because they never played at that point. You know, people dive in later on, three or four expansions in. It's like, oh, I bet Vanilla was it. It wasn't. It was cool because it was new and because we were all in it together. Vanilla had a ton of really bad stuff going on with it. That will most likely have to be altered in some way, changed in some way. But there are some other things that they may not want to mess with. For instance, I think people made some pretty solid arguments against Dungeon Finder and against cross-server grouping. Why? Because the sense of community on that server was killed by that. Very mm -hmm. much so. You had no reason to ever leave a town, and since if you were grouping with someone from a different server you'd never see again, you had no reason ever not to be a colossal dickhead. You know, right. roll need on everything, be an asshole. You're never going to see that person again anyway. Whereas in Vanilla, if you start doing that, you get a rep. And you wouldn't be able to find groups and servers because you become known right. as a as a as a dickhead. So 
I, I would like to see that turn off, but of course, stuff like meeting stones and having meeting stones work and not having to get fucking reagents to cast arcane intellect on every single fucking person, not having to farm elemental earth for an hour before every Cthun run. These would yeah, be things like, that would be good the, to not have. All the quests, though, like all of the like the mount quest for Warlock or like all the different things where it made your character feel like there was a, like something more in the world was super fun. Like there's a lot there they can't remove that they did remove as the as the game went on. So I think that like all the uh, the quests to unlock your different forms as a druid, shit like that is is fantastic. That was taken mm -hmm. out. Um, the one thing I think a lot of people are uh, they keep commenting about like oh Blizzard just wants other people to make the game, but like they get credit. Like, well, no, they're gonna hire them. That's, yeah, that's they're going to pay them to people. do it, but more importantly, that's not everyone knows Blizz. They, even though it takes them forever, they always make sure that whatever they create is like as high quality as they can possibly make it. So they're not going to make a vanilla server or let a vanilla server exist if it makes their property look like shit. They're so of course they're going to take the time to do it. So like, don't complain, literally apply and work there and make the game. Do you think you can actually do it better? You know, yeah, they are hiring. It. They will pay you to do this. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. that's great of them, honestly. I, I, I personally hope they do classic and say, it's TBC. Like, I think that's the sweet spot to, to set a classic server. TBC fixed a lot of things, made the game a lot more interesting without going so far to the point where people are like, oh, well, this is new WoW now. There's things like they can keep the new character models. Like, is there any reason to go back to the old character models? Not really. Like, there's no benefit the UI to change, like some of the UI stuff, like it's they good, definitely. Yeah. I feel like they need to add some quests. Uh, actually, you know what? TBC's probably right because mm -hmm. if you remember old vanilla from like fifty to sixty, what the fuck did you do? There yeah. was no quest. It was bad. It was like grind if you want. Yeah, that didn't exist. That'd be like Windfall. <laughs> no, Oof. no. I assume. I assume TBC stands for the Burning Crusade. Yes, it, it does. does. Yeah. First Does expansion. It, would it still count as a vanilla server if it's burning? Crusade? Well, no one ever said vanilla necessarily. They did it's say classic. classic. What does that the major, mean? Yeah, the major, major changes to the game occurred in Wrath, and then even more changes happened in Cata. Yeah, Cata so, redid the whole world. Cataclysm. So, like, it would probably, it would definitely be pre-Cataclysm, whatever it was. Yeah, and I'm fine. I'm literally fine with it just being the Burning Crusade, like, and and old vanilla WoW. I think that is a solid time. Also, it's when the challenge of having to attune to dungeons and all that shit still existed yes. when it was actively very difficult to get around like it was like a lot of things made it that vibe of you want a hard game okay here you go so i feel like that's what people want and i think wrath sort of lightened the load on that and took a away lot. a bunch of things so i yeah. feel like burning crusade is probably a solid place for them to end it yep i would like that would i go back to play it depends on what changes they made i Damn wouldn't it. shit that was a tough time man it was no doubt, but you know they went down to twenty-five and ten-man raids at that point, so you didn't have to gather forty. Um, the question is sort of the problem with them if they put TBC in it, the issue would be well, a lot of the stuff before that would then be irrelevant. They would probably have they'd have to completely retune it. Would they say, well, we're going to release TBC like in six months or whatever? So you've got to do stuff for that. Could they redo the gearing up process? So when the, I understand this, when the Burning Crusade launched you were picking up random green items that were better than the 
incredible yeah. epics that you had fought 5,000 hours to get. <laughs> like, it basically completely reset the board right there, which right. wasn't actually good. Like, they could probably do with maybe taking another pass at that. So I don't. I, oh! This is why there's so many, so many difficulties with this because there's a million and one ways to do this, and a lot of them would not work. I changed my mind. I would definitely go back and play it. Shout out to chat for bringing this up. Real Alterac Valley, old school mm. Alterac Valley, where there are actually NPCs that fought with you that it took like that. all day to play. Fuck yes, would I go back and play that in a heartbeat? If they brought that back, man, was that fun? Those were the days where you would leave, go to class, come back, and the battle would still be going on. Yeah. And it was just that tug of war in the middle of the map. God, that was a fun time. All right, yes. In. In. Yeah. There's, I, I'm really interested to see which way they go with it. Because really, they can only do it one way, and it's going to piss off a lot of people regardless of what they pick. So I am very curious to see what they do with that. Yep. Outside of that, of course, we did see, and... Dodger, you won the bet. Overwatch's viewership, very high. Very high. Like, higher than they've ever had by significant yeah. numbers. Like, you know, we've seen Overwatch be like, oh, well, you know, they've got 35,000, 40,000 concurrents. Here's like 250,000, 300,000 concurrents. Like, the numbers were through the roof for the Overwatch World yeah, Cup. Yeah, a lot of people kept saying how fun it was to watch. So, hey, They've made some changes. Yeah. Their observers were good. They now have team uniforms, which helps you distinguish who's on what team. And they have a new camera, which works a bit better. I still found it quite confusing, honestly. Uh, but evidently, other people did not. So well done to them for that. Whether yeah, or not they'll usually, be able to keep the numbers going for the Overwatch League, that's a different matter. We'll see. Usually I'm with UTV where I find it confusing, but because the way they did the uniforms and the like color scheme of the characters, I was... I was in it. I was like, all it right, helps. I get it. Yeah. I understand what's happening. It's Definitely. better than like, that's red, that's blue. But like, like yep. this was actually, you could tell who was who. And I was like, all right, I'm on point. I get this. Um, Is Moira on the PTR? Uh, No. Oh, and you don't yes. want Moira to be on the, is she? That's what people are saying on Twitter. Hmm. Get the fuck out. All right. As someone who played said it. <clears throat> way too many hours of Moira at the con, First off, incredibly overpowered, broken as fuck. That's not going to be the same character is surprising, on the right? Yeah. She's she like a broken is, Zenyatta, right? She literally takes everything about Zenyatta. And, like, Zenyatta is, is a shit character now if they leave Moira as is. Like, right. Zenyatta is pointless. Um, Moira, holy shit. So, not only does she have her, like, heal spray, she also has, like, a death spray that sort of does the same thing. Um, uh, oh, my God, my brain just died. Uh, you know, what's her face with the laser and she just follows you around. Help me out here. Uh, you know. Wait, what's the question? It's not a question. Fuck, it doesn't matter. So anyway, um, <laughs> she has she has like a damage spray. She has a healing spray. And then she has a ball she can shoot out. And Symmetra, thank you, chat. She has a ball she can shoot out. Oh, you're asking the, for a character. It was a know, question then. I don't know what the physics of this ball are and how it works, but I assumed it's just a ball, and if you like are hit with it, you're fucked. But it that shit like turns corners and follows you sometimes. And then if you're near it, it just starts like doing damage to you. And then she has a blink ability. And the blink ability, literally, the best strategy we used all weekend was like blink up behind the enemy as far back as you can, and then sneak behind them, drop down, and just use your your damage ability on them, and they they whittle down and die. 
and it's super easy. And then, of course, their alt is straight up just a giant laser that both heals and damages. So it heals your friends and damages enemies. Hmm. Right now, she is broken as fuck. Sounds like but she it doesn't matter basically she's everything. Yeah. She's super powerful, but really cool. Nice. That's good. Yeah, it's a it's a fun addition. I worry, and this is one of the worries I've always had. The more characters they introduce, the more it's gonna be like a MOBA where some characters become completely obsolete. Irrelevant. Right. Yeah. yeah. She seems so like obviously there are differences, but she seems so similar to Zenyatta that I'm like, okay. <laughs> Especially when Zenyatta's uh orbs no longer like you have to have line of sight. If yeah. they, I think I was talking about this yesterday with Octo. Like, if they took the 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 at least the healing orb and said, "Okay, you don't need to, need to have line of sight with that anymore," it would change the game significantly. It would it would right. make him viable again. But with with her character included now, mm, I don't know what's gonna happen. So we'll see what they what they nerf on her because right now she's a solid addition to a team. Mm -hmm. And with her alt being like damage and healing, it's like. Yeah, it's it's game changing when that thing goes off because it makes the enemy spread out and then your friends can all just run in. Now you have like a, and it lasts for a long time or at least seemingly long time. So, yeah, I don't know. Seems like it would wreck payload and stuff like that or any kind of. Absolutely, because the enemy has to. They have to spread. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know, but she's cool. It's a cool character. I like the alt skins they have. The David Bowie alt skins. I think those are cool. So. I look forward to more. Also, the new map. Oh my god, the new map, which is like Blizzard, Blizzard World Land. or whatever. Yeah, yeah Blizzard the World theme park thing. Blizzard super, World. super yeah. cute. Everything in it is it's basically Disney, but with Blizzard themed stuff. Uh, there's the Hell Scream roller coaster, and Snacks Ramus is my favorite place. Snacks Ramus. Snacks Ramus. I love that. Um, the 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 Starcraft area. I am trying to remember what the hell that's called, but like everything is so cute, and there's so much in that world they've created is amazing. So mm -hmm. shout out to them for making a really fun, a map that unfortunately I spent a lot of time looking at stuff rather than fighting, but whatever. That seems it like fun. it would be a better map for heroes. Like in terms uh, of subject matter. I bet, I bet they could put that in there. I bet they could top down and like- Maybe that's their plan. That. Actually recreate it and put in heroes. Like if heroes nicking everything else at the moment, why not a map? Yeah. Right. Well, speaking of heroes, that was one of the things that they got at BlizzCon too is- uh... Some new characters as well, right? Yeah, yeah Hanzo Alec, and uh, Alex Alex Straza and Hanzo, yeah. yeah. Mm. And Hanzo, meh, Alex Straza, OP as fuck and fun. So you'd figure Alex Straza, because she has two healing abilities and one damage ability, is like, oh, she's a solid healer. Her heals are, the first heal takes from her own life, and the second heal you throw on the ground, and then it takes a minute for it to actually cast, so people have to get into it. Her damage is this fire shit that, Eventually, like you can turn into a dragon as Alexstrasza, and eventually, if you go down the damage path in dragon form, you literally just heal yourself and kill everyone. It's amazing. I, <laughs> it's it's super secret OP and a lot of fun. Alexstrasza is a ton of fun to play. So, yeah, I'm excited well, about that. Theme play here, though, I think Jesse likes OP characters. He has well, a tendency to. I do love the OPness, but I think that the at least in this case. They created some fun and exciting things, and I like, again, this is the dichotomy of Blizzard. They'll always create something weird and wacky, like uh, Hearthstone, when they introduce the new cards. They're like, look at our weird, wacky cards. 
but take our esports very seriously. Seriously, yes. And I, I always I find that interesting. That. Yeah, we, like, we bring this up every time, but it's still true. Yeah. And so, and speaking of Hearthstone, uh, the dungeon run is super fun. I love that shit. So they have a new roguelike version where you run dungeons and it randomizes the enemies you fight. Yeah. And each time you go in, you start with different equipment and uh, you get cool different rewards for doing it. And I think that's awesome. That's the most fun I had the entire time yeah, was playing I'll that game. Probably install just to play that. Like it, yeah. it's not a great mode. Well, it is and it isn't a great mode be- uh, for like new players because new players get to play around with stuff they don't have, but they don't really make any legitimate progress by playing this mode. But it's a good way to fool around with cards that they don't have you know for me it's a great little mode because i'm kind of bored of the regular hearthstone this might bring me back in so i'll have a little look at it it does Mm. look like pretty cool i wasn't really paying much attention to the actual cards itself but the the dungeon the dungeon run mode looks pretty great and i i like how after each boss you sort of get three or four cards to choose from like three or four cards in a set to choose from to add to your 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 abilities as you go through the dungeon and I like that because I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to make like a badass fire mage deck. All right. Yeah, it's sort of like, a, I, you know, a draft as you go along, which is nice. Yeah, it's good that, was, that was, yeah, out of everything I played, even though I did like, uh, so I played the the StarCraft new commander. Um, and I like how it's it's the combination of two put together. And so you have to, to, I thought that was pretty fun too. There's a lot of nice stuff they created, but again, none of it was like, super serious like we're to like guys esports is the way to go it was all fun silly stuff again this goes back they kept, to, they kept to the Blizzard. things they kept the things quite uh separate in most cases yeah. and of course uh starcraft well, as of the 16th i believe of november is going full on free 14th 14th so you'll be able to play ranked multiplayer you have to earn your way into that because obviously they didn't want people being able to just create a new account to mm-hmm either hack or smurf on so they put something in the way of that you have to play you have to get 10 first wins of the day so over 10 days in either the unranked or the versus ai mode so you gotta do that in terms of freebies if you you get wings of liberty for free which in my opinion is still the best campaign of the three so hands down the best i do like that a lot if you have wings of liberty you also get heart of the swarm which is pretty cool no you don't get legacy of the void for free as some people have been complaining about you know, they'd still like to sell something. and uh, But getting those two campaigns for free, pretty good. And, of course, you can buy co-op commanders. And you can play all of the commanders up to level 5, which is nice because up to this point, they didn't have a way of trying commanders before you bought them, which was pretty stupid. So that means, you, you know, and if you want to play the easier difficulty modes, level 5 commander is enough to do anything up to brutal. So you can just play whatever you want there, which is nice. So, yeah, I mean, that's a ton of stuff for no money. If you continue to whine after that, I personally think you are an insane person. Like, how much more do you want for free? More. Jesus Christ. Well, that's, more. More, that's just what you get in addition. Like, they, they already had, you can play the arcade mode for free. Yeah, they've had that for a while. And people are like, well, I've got it all. What do I get? Well, you get some skins and stuff. Like, also, you got to play the game for, like, eight fucking years. So, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. there's that. Yes, stuff does tend to get cheaper and or free over time. That's how the everything works. It's worth paying that in mind. One way or the other, it's good for StarCraft in general. It will increase the player base. It will mean hopefully more people watch tournaments, more people get engaged in the esports side of things, more people play on the arcade. There's more people to match with. It's good for everybody. For some, you know, for people who already have the game, like, well, that's not an exciting announcement. It's like, 
uh, it is if you give any fucks at all about the health of the game and yeah, about the success of say, the tournament if you aspect. you want new people to come in and play it, then yeah, this is great. You should care. Yeah, you absolutely should Wh- care. Which, by the way, I think the vast majority of people said this is good. Like, I definitely yeah. saw a few comments where they're like, this doesn't help me any in it. But, you know, yeah, that's but like, what's in it for me? That yeah. That's like Shooter McBoobin or whatever, like the internet guy that's just mad about everything all the time name. anyways. Well, that is Dodger's screen name, Shooter, Shooter McBoobin. McBoobin. That makes a lot of sense, Dodger. But um most people are like the 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 one thing they would say is like oh it's a little bit late it's like yep they probably should have done this from the beginning and even blizzard says that but that's the only real complaint that you could have is like a little too late but i know i mean it's it's funny because it's like a marketing thing people believe you'll still interact with people who are like in order to play legacy of the void i thought i had to buy wings of liberty and heart of the swarm which was never totally case. no ever and nope. it's just it's just like these weird logical things that happen. And I'm not blaming those people. Like Blizzard obviously could have, done a could have advertised this better yeah. and could have done a better job. But what's nice about this move is that this is putting it under the umbrella that people understand. When you say free to play, they're like, oh, I can do those things now. Whereas before it was like the spawn mode or like, you know, like different yeah. names that start didn't a, make starter sense. edition. It's like, what the yeah. fuck does that mean? You know, and right. who can I play with? Can I play with my friends yeah. with that? I don't know what's going on. It's generally, we're obviously very biased because we're big into StarCraft as part of our professional career. You know, right. we want, we want it to get bigger. Of course we want it to get bigger. So it's great for us, mm-hmm. but it also means if you've never played it, you can try it and play arguably the best rts campaign that's ever been made and i think there's a fairly strong argument to make that wings of liberty is that and so, it's just a triple a game that you can now just play for free like it's you're not getting a web browser terrible rts you just there's just straight up a good fucking game you can just go download now yeah and the funny thing about it too and i don't this part doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me but it's the internet in the world so it's fine you can play multiplayer on wings of liberty you will find games yeah of course you there will. are there's people like out there still playing as a month there's shit tons of people still playing. We saw the numbers at the summit; like they've remained stable the entire time. This whole dead game meme is literally that. Oh no, I didn't mean I didn't mean Legacy of Void. I meant literally Wings of Liberty. Which oh are not, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not ladders that are they together. Exist, you can yeah. actually just go play Wings of Liberty right now, and people will play. Can't it. imagine why you'd ever want to, but you can do it. Hmm. Uh, no, yeah, Starcraft it itself wonder. has two million people playing every month, which is a lot. It's pretty yep. good. If it was actually on Steam, it would be in like the top ten games all the time. It's only because it's not there that people can't see it. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I, I wonder if because they've limited themselves just to Battle.net, if that affects the perception of, like... I definitely think oh, it affects the perception. It's a dead perception. genre. Yeah, yeah I, I think know. I think it def- definitely does that. You know, especially since it do- outside, you know, outside of the tournaments, it's not getting a lot of viewership on Twitch, you know? Uh, because yeah. you know, a lot of people have moved on to games that make them more streaming money or whatever, so it makes sense for them to do that. But... Ultimately, that's still a shit ton of players every month. We'll see what happens, you know? We'll see if there's a surge in that. I would think there will be a surge for anybody streaming that game when it goes free-to-play, because a lot of people are going to want to tune in to someone that could teach them how to play it yeah. in the first place. Right. So we'll see how that goes. And, of course, you can try out the Axiom mod if you so desire, which is the mod we've been working on for the last year. We'll be making videos and hopefully starting our 32-player YouTuber charity tournament at some point in the not-too-distant future for that. So we got a lot of stuff to do when it comes to that. Tons and tons of stuff. And I'm also updating my voice pack, which hopefully will be ready for the free-to-play launch. That'll be nice. Yeah. 60 more lines. It's just going to be like, pick up my new mod. 
No. <laughs> Replace every line with Don't play, forget, no. play Axiom. Don't forget your best day. Yes. And my new mod. Axiom mod. <laughs> yeah. The Axiom mod is the only way to play. They're like, John, this is a great update. Thank you. Like, yeah, dude. I'm sure it's Blizzard a little totally heavy on the advertisement. That. Yeah, just a bit. <laughs> Sold out a little hard. Leaning a little you know. bit in the shilling there, I see. But all right. Yep. Good stuff. Cool. That was basically BlizzCon then. Which again, is a, I, I describe the same way as I did Jesse. You know, it's it's a fun game. It's it's a fun like place to go to meet your friends to have a good yeah. time. It's never like a this is mind blowing. I don't think BlizzCon's ever really been mind blowing, unless of course uh, you're into the tournaments. The tournaments there have been are a of two years ago. So fun to go to. Two well, years ago yeah. was mind blowing when they announced Overwatch. That yeah, shit yeah. rocked my universe. I was like, what? It was great. That was a good two days. I feel like this year, the first day was pretty fun. The second day, unless you really like community shit, was kind of like hit or miss mm -hmm, because yeah. a lot of it was like every panel was here's five or six people from the community and like they're going to talk about why they love Blizzard. And it's like, oof. Okay. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. You know, a little bit of the masturbatory aspect of the show yeah. there. It's like how self-congratulatory do you have to be? But, you know, if you're a fan of tournaments this year, we had a phenomenal StarCraft tournament. Overwatch did really, really well. I yep. don't know how Heroes went, but I presume it was probably good. They're hitting so. their stride too. Like I'm yeah. not, a, I'm not a big Heroes fan, but they, with the HGC and stuff like that, they're doing a good job. They have a good yeah. talent group, and they, they're doing what they can. Uh, uh, tell Anna that she did great. Yeah, Anna did phenomenal. She was lovely. <laughs> I think everyone they bring on board to do those things does does a great job every year. So is it? You know, they've got is a it team. everyone? Everyone. I can't remember Literally the last one everyone. that. <laughs> you know, I feel like you're hinting at something here, and I'm not exactly sure who you're trying to point I, at. I have my. I mean, it's not. It's like the Blizzard media, like what what they want when they put on a show. I fundamentally, absolutely, and I'm I'm totally willing to say it's not for it. It's like it's for most people, but it's not really for me. Like it's mm. very watered down, like exactly what you would see on any other. You know, yeah, like every time extent. they do BlizzCon, it's it's like I'm not going to name names. I'm not hating on personalities because it's not like it's them. It's just it's it's the overall product of like. Look, I'm gonna welcome nice. to BlizzCon this year. We've got a heck of a show, don't we, Michelle? We sure do, Jim. This is going to be one of the biggest events of the year. Over to you, Bruja. And Bruja's like, whoa. I'll tell you what, I'm down here Look, at the Overwatch and things are off the chain. And it's just like that as, for two days. As someone who has experienced pissing off Blizzard on many levels, let me tell you, <laughs> I'm very aware of how they operate behind the scenes. And it's literally like, we want to be the most fucking inclusive thing that can ever be made ever. So do yeah. not ever stray off of the dialogue in front of you. That's just who they are. And it's and okay. That's what I was saying. Yeah, I agree. It's fine. Yeah, but fine. I, I just, just every year when people are like, oh, they do such a great job. I'm like, I'm like, do they? Or do they do the safest job possible? Like, like even, you know, be, yeah. to be self-critical, I thought Nathanius did an amazing job hosting uh, the StarCraft II stage this year. He did a really good job, but what he is told to do to me is the driest like it every is. show it's like it opens up and it's like nathaniel is like good morning everybody schedule first match comments rotterdam total biscuit me next guy match comments total biscuit jeff oh jeff made a fart joke 
let's get away from that. That might have said somebody. Like you're not allowed the room to be the personality you are because they're very concerned about the branding message. Yeah, I mean you're not wrong. You're you're definitely not wrong. Yeah, and and I'm. It's not like I said. It's not a criticism against the talent. It's just literally as someone that works behind the scenes, they've gotten better. I will say that there was literally a, a year where I wasn't invited to BlizzCon despite being like the commentator all year long. And it was precisely because they didn't like, they were worried that my humor would not they were fit scared the show. You might or that I wouldn't be joke, able to modulate it. And we this can't guy, have this that. Guy, right? Look, we're in the same boat, buddy. We're in the same yeah. boat. Um, Yeah, and it's and it's it definitely has nothing to do with the people at Blizzard. It is because like, I'm friends with a lot of people at Blizz. It has nothing to do with that. It's literally just about they become such a big company. They're like, we can't afford to goof. And because mm-hmm. we can't afford to goof, we don't know what a goof is to some people so like mm-hmm. let's just middle yeah. of the road the whole thing and that's that's fine that's life I'm very glad that pretty much every hosting job i've ever had has been so unbelievably chill to the point that like had somebody on stage once who was like man this con fucking sucks huh and i was like ha <laughs> like we got off the stage and they were like yeah, maybe don't goof on that anymore, but like it was fine. <laughs> it's maybe, yeah. maybe don't say that the convention we're at blows hard, but like it, it's cool. They they t- they do take themselves very, very seriously for what is a self-congratulatory convention about themselves. Yeah. That 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 is maybe something to be a bit eh, maybe, you know, loosen up a little bit on that side of things. Okay, you want to make out like the esports is a big deal. It is. You can still make it out like a big deal without being rigid and starchy and you know awful because we're still talking video games at the end of the day well i mean when when like esports commentary started to really take off i remember um i remember people like mike and sean kind of complaining that almost every time they were asked to be somewhere they were told that they had to basically look like they were going on espn right and they were Mm -hmm. like but that's not the audience here like like can we relax that a little bit. I mean, that's bit, become you know? the thing across all esports now, like that yeah. the standard of dress. And I don't mind the standard of dress. That's fine. But, you know, to give the idea that a sports commentator would never make a joke or anything. It's like, like, yeah, nobody has ever made a joke on ESPN ever. Like, <laughs> right. I'm fairly sure I they have. Know. No, you know? because sports are a big fucking serious deal. It's My point the, is, like, yeah. is what you guys are talking about and what Jesse said, but, like, in reverse in the sense that I wish Blizzard was like, we're so big, we're so established that we have the room to take risks and allow personalities to flourish as opposed to the opposite, which is like, button down the hatches. Everyone is the same. Everyone is the same. You know, like, don't make it too different because someone in their massive audience will be like, well, I didn't like that joke about Germany. Well, I mean, literally look at every... Uh, host that is that does the BlizzCon like Friday show. Um, every year afterwards, they're like, Holy shit, like, I don't know <laughs> if I want to do that again because you can't ever please everyone because you're right, making no, jokes no. and it's off the cuff and you're trying to like be the human. And that's why Blizzard 99% of the rest of the time is very like, We are doing it our way and this is the way we're going to do it and we're going to make it so it's sanitized and everyone loves it. And again, that's when you grow to be such a huge company, like, that's how all companies act eventually yeah because yeah. you're you don't want to fuck up like you have so much money in the game you don't want to ruin it so especially yep. true now you know 20 million tossed in for an nba guy here 20 million from nfl there for overwatch league yeah there's some yeah. pretty serious money being thrown around 
Yeah, you can't. You literally you can't blame them for it, but it does suck. Like it's like, all right, well, I wish I wish it didn't have to be this way, but it gets that way sometimes. That's life. That is that is what all it's the people okay. say. And like, just to be clear, we're not hating on BlizzCon or anything like that. It's just uh, no. no. I, I, I've, I've been to every single one. I all I'm saying is I remember the first BlizzCon when literally you could like almost get up on stage with Metzen because you were that close. Like it was a different experience. They were a smaller company. It was it was a different world, and so yeah, you the, can see the, the change over time. This year, right? Thirty thousand, I think, like that, something like that. Yeah. Was there enough to do for thirty thousand people? Um, I never think there's enough it, to do at BlizzCon. Unless you I always think there's. Unless you're into esports. That was why my first reaction to that number was. But there isn't that much to if do. If you're there for tournaments, there's plenty to do. True. If you're not, you're going to be in the Hilton Bar quite a bit. Most Let's people are there for way. their friends, though. Like, it's the time yeah. of year when you can see your guild or the friends you haven't seen for years. And so it's a get, it's a reunion is what it is. It has nothing to do with the, like, unless they have a huge announcement about the games, literally it's, hey, friends that I only see online, let's go stand in a fucking line and then go play, you know, yeah. Hearthstone for a little bit. We'll talk. And yep. we'll shoot the shit. And that's really yep. what it's about. Look at some amazing cosplay, too. They have a ridiculous cosplay. Really good cosplay. Convention competitions. The contests have got so goddamn good. Ronda Rousey was there this time. Did that improve really. it somehow? Yeah, she's in costume. She was uh, hidden. Oh, golden. okay. I love it. Kind of cool. That's cool. Yeah. I love that cosplay has become common enough that celebrities who really want to be there can just be in a cool costume and just, i think like, i think they're pretty happy about that it. yeah wasn't that like jamie lee curtis has been doing that for years yep jamie oh, lee curtis years. does it all the time yeah God, that's gonna feel good Let's get she's a legit that. fan though she and her son i believe it is like are awesome here. yeah they yeah. love blizz yeah mm -hmm. all right shall we move on to releases let's do it all right We've been trawling the release list, see what we can actually find, and there's, there's a few things in here, actually. A few I would things like to say, since I'm the too first shabby. on this list, uh, that I I got I got to this day after everybody else had already hit up the day, so the two that I snagged for November 7th are, like, just kind of chill, cute games. There's right. not a lot of substance it's, to them. This has a fox in it. This is why you like it. Okay. That's really surprising, yeah, so, about it. The first, <laughs> the first game uh, is called True or False Universe, and it's just a true or false trivia game where little animals uh, give you trivia, and it looks cute. Sure is the Substance. thing that exists, and it's free to play. Apparently, it's and not the knows? first True or False Maybe game. Maybe, like, an hour in, it starts to turn into a dystopian nightmare. It's entirely possible. It would be my favorite game in the world. True or False Doki Doki Universe Literature Club. You don't yeah, know. It's, like, it's like True or False. You're not in control of your life. Right. Yeah, that shit. You're not in control of dark. anything. True, True or false, false. You're, you're actually free. Freedom isn't real. <laughs> All right. Uh, Super Hypercube looked pretty damn interesting. Retro futuristic spatial reasoning puzzle game. Crazy colored thing. Uh, which looked a little bit trippy to say the least. So I thought I'd have a, have a wee look at that one. And of Fate 2, y'all. It's out. Yep. Pick that shit up. It's yep. a good game. Get yep. it. That's your game of the day. Definitely. No doubt about that. Played it. Loved it. Going to play more after the show is done. No doubt about it. <laughs> we got our... Little bit of Warlock, Warlock Revenge. Warlock uh, Revenge. So 
I like this because it looked a little bit like an attempt to make a new Heretic or Hexen game, which is basically what it is. Uh, it, the graphic style's a little too retro for me, maybe, but I did like the notion of, hey, we made a Heretic again, which was an awesome game. So, and it is like two bucks, so maybe it's worth just trying for that. So that's why I threw that on there. As to why I threw Sonic Forces on there, because I'll probably just laugh at it like every other 3D Sonic game, but... Yep, Sonic Forces is out on PC as of today. A one with a free shadow costume. I can't wait. Yeah, because I because I want a new. I want to make my custom character in a Sonic. No, I don't. I just want to play DeviantArt Simulator. That's all that I want out of that game. I don't even need to play the game. I just want to make Jesse the Hedgehog. Same. Yeah. No, I don't want to do that at all. This is one giant waifu shipping nonsense thing. I don't want it. I don't want it. Chaos Souls. Uh, this kind of looked pretty neat. 2.5D side-scrolling action game. Little bit animu, but I quite like the graphic style on it. Looks not too shabby whatsoever. All right, who's got the next one? That's Dodger. You have the next one, I believe. Ermo. It's Irmo. in the background. It's just like a nice little ship floating by, and you're in the water, but it's actually a puzzle game. A logic puzzle about harmony and inner peace. A journey through mind challenges surrounded by an ethereal atmosphere. So it says. N the port of Neo is out today, which incidentally is a goddamn huge download. And there are some questions about the actual port not being very good. That's because it's a Koei Tecmo game and all of their ports are usually terrible. So just go into it bearing that in mind. I believe this game has literally no mouse support at all. So you will need a controller to play it. Uh, nice. which is non-ideal to say the least. So there are some issues with that. Uh, I picked a game called I Can't Believe It's Not Gambling. You it did that? It literally is a loot box <laughs> opening simulator. Of course it That's is. That's it. That's it. We've reached peak internet. It's a game where you just open loot boxes. That's it. Yep. Uh, that looks horrendously terrible. I can't believe it's not gambling. <laughs> I, I love... I know it's... It's not a great game, but I love that a game like this exists because Wah. hashtag satire. God. Uh, Super Lucky's Tale is out on Xbox One and PC. That is a kind of upgraded version of the VR game that came out on Oculus some time ago. And various ports like Neo Complete Edition for PS4. Hand of Fate 2 is coming out on PS4 as well. Switch version of Farming Simulator, whoop de doo and also switch version of Sonic Forces and a few other things besides. Moving on to November 8th, I picked something that looked all right called Party Crashers. Uh, it's an arcade combat racer featuring fast-paced, last-car-standing gameplay with a huge array of customization. I like the whole 80s wireframe Tron aesthetic that was going on with it. Nice little sort of arcade combat racer. Seemed kind of neat. There's also God of Light Remastered. Not, did I pick this for a good reason? I'm not sure. Yeah, it, uh, so it's apparently a remastered game of a light physics kind of bend the light sort of puzzle thing, which actually looks really nice. The graphic style is really, really cool and cute. So I was into that. I thought I looked all right. Thankfully, they remastered this. I just, you know, on, on the lower graphics... God of Light just wasn't realizing its full potential. I'm yeah. glad you thought that, you know. I'm glad you recognized yeah. that there, there was something special in there just waiting to be polished out. Yeah, this is going to crush the world. I'm sure. Uh, Prodigy Tactics is the next one I chose. It is a turn-based tactical arena fighting game that 
looks beautiful. Like, I don't know mechanically how it all plays out, but like, it looks awesome. It and does so it, look awesome. I'm not sure how, as you said, that it could possibly work in a kind of turn-based thing, and this trailer is not helping me learn that at all. The, uh, some of the screenshots show you oh, kind of what go. it looks like, but it looks cool. Like, I think graphically, I'm impressed. Yeah. So can't wait to see what it actually turns out to be. It's single-player and multiplayer and online, so... Fair enough. Yeah, it's probably just, like, really good quality attack animation, things like that. Looks all right. Down for that. I picked this one kind of solely due to its name. On November the 9th, we have Galactic Orbital Death Sport, which I think... I like the name. It really I saw that. probably deserves more than it actually is. Yeah, I saw that. It looks actually kind of fun. It looks like a cool local co-op game. Is it yeah. online too? I it says multiplayer and logo multiplayer, which usually implies online. Seems like a mixture of Geometry Wars and football, which yeah. has some potential there. What is this, Jesse? <laughs> uh, no, oh, I didn't. Me. Yeah, I didn't choose that. Don't look at me. According to <laughs> according to this, you did. Oh, Dodger did. Never mind. Dodger is yeah. responsible for the scrunching. I'm depths. orange. You silly goose. All right. Scrunching depths. It's a it's a little dungeon crawler. Um, it looks like some of the dungeon is also destructible, which is kind of fun. So random, ludicrous, madhouse item combinations. Like, yep, certainly that. I could barely yep. even read what it says. So that sounds um, great. The next game is called Illville Return Instructions, and you're just kind of dropped in the middle of nowhere. And I think you have to follow instructions on your phone in order to get where you're supposed to be. And the yeah. area that you're dropped in is somewhere in England where the sun hasn't risen for over a decade. It's very, it's very pretty. There's Ill no doubt Bill. about that. Yeah. Well, it looks oh very, God. very nice. It's one of those walking yeah. simulators, but it does look pretty cool. You also um, got Clash of Robots. Clash of Robots. It's a fighting game where you play robots. <laughs> Yeah, that went really, really right the last time they did a Rise of the Robots fighting but game. Does that yeah. mean that nobody can try it anymore? No, TV? no, they're not allowed. Nobody's allowed to make it's banned. It's the fighting end. Fighting games, Damn. never with robots, never again. That is about it. There's also ports. Uh, Octodad is coming to Switch. That's actually a very good platform for that game. As you can take one controller each and control the Octodad's limbs, that mm. would work very, very well. And there's a couple of other games coming up to Switch as well, small indies Off and things of Horizon like that. Zero Dawn expansions out today. DLCs oh, out today. Right. Good to know. Good to know. I uh, don't think we saw much on November 10th, but there are some ports, of course, to bear in mind. Uh, they've already upgraded Snipper Clips apparently for the Switch, and the Doom port is supposed to come out on November the 10th for Switch as well, if this list is correct. Uh, Need for Speed Payback is also hitting PC, PS4, and Xbox One on November the 10th. And Cat Quest will make its way Cat to Quest Switch. Oh, Switch. finally. Finally. That, well, those two played it, and they thought it was actually, it's actually quite good. Fun, Loved it. Jeff. It's super fun. Yeah, yeah stop being toad. so cynical, Jeff. What's yeah, wrong with Jeff. you? It's like all the fun was sucked out of your life years ago. I only play serious games. Serious A-Spots! Uh, the only other thing we saw, I think, on November the 11th was Worshippers. I'm convinced I'm the only person that made it this far down the list. I'm the only person that marked stuff on the 11th and the 13th. Well, you marked one game, and also the 13th, marked... we'd already stopped there, so. What? It says stop here, this is where we stop, but the 13th is the Monday, All which right. means that we would mark things on the Monday. Okay, that's fine. And I did check that, by the no. way. 
I looked at things like Galactic Lords and it looked terrible. So that's why. But tell me about Worshippers. Worshippers is a strategy game that has a CCG inside of it. Cool. Sort of hex-based collectible thingy thing. Mm -hmm. Good to know. And then on the 13th, there's a game called Writers that's like a, a 1v1 game. It reminds me of, uh, what's that game where you were where you were two people trying to insult each other faster? Oh, kind of like yeah, that Something thing. Sir. Oh, yeah. Sir. The insult yeah. simulator. Yeah. Uh, it's a game where you play as a writer and try to be the first in typing random excerpts from your book. Fight against your friends in speed. A contest right, of yeah. speed. And last but by um, no means least, we have... Piranha. Um, this game I just wanted to talk about because sometimes people put things on the list that they just think is weird. This game looks fucking terrifying, but it's supposed to be a meditation thing. It's supposed <laughs> to be like a VR meditation thing where you sit and just like, let it take you away. But every screenshot looks like you're in a horror scape. Well, you <laughs> supposed... Like it says you're supposed to use physical breath to heal various creatures in the environment. And learn how to control your emotional stupid. state. Do you see all this shit? It looks terrifying. It's a turtle. I don't want to be stuck here. That's just a turtle. Down, get down and breathe on the turtle. How, how is this turtle terrifying? It's just a turtle. <sighs> Fucking breathe on it. <laughs> that, and that's, that's, like, that's like a raccoon dog thing. How is this terrifying? It's the atmosphere of the area. I'm not talking about the animals. The area is like like dark purple. Oh. What's, God, okay. I'm bringing on a raccoon dog now. Like that's just not. If I was, if the I'm idea, meditating, yeah. I don't imagine myself inside of uh, the world of dark elves. Well, I do. Thank you very okay, much. Then this game is for you. What? Obviously, Hang on, that's a zombie deer. I'm gonna breathe on. I'm gonna breathe on some deer and make this them better. Is fucked up. Do you bring it back from the dead? Of course you do. What else would you do? This is wow. this is pet cemetery all over again, man. Wow. You don't do that. Yeah. <sighs> Just breathe on some deer. Yeah. It's, it's like really gaming. traumatizing. There's like human centipede cat cat thing over in the corner. Yeah. It's like they're all. Sh breathe on it, otherwise they'll <laughs> shit each other. Breathe on it. <laughs> oh god. So dumb. Well, there is video games. I basically, so relax. Play <laughs> play Hand of Fate too. Basically, is what we say this week. I think, and also maybe the DLC for Horizon if you feel like it. Uh, Wolfenstein and probably Mario. Yeah. Those have been uh, it's fine not to have a busy week. We've got shit tons to catch up on anyway. It's all good. I guess it's about done, really, for the show. Thank you very much for watching the Co-Optional Podcast. Big thanks, of course, to our sponsor, Squarespace. Head over to squarespace.com slash co-optional for 10% off your first order and a free trial. Jeff, thank you very much for coming on the show this week. Where can we find you? What are you up to this week? What's going on? Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Always good to hang out with you. And, and Jesse, it, it can be done. You and I yeah, can be on the show together. Probably that not is for possible. a while again, though. No, I'm, glad that, I'm glad that this time uh, you're not feverish and dying. You I am, seem, too. You seem like you're you not. You did hide the whole dying from infection thing quite well, I have to say. It's, it was a very interesting weekend of mind over matter. When you don't think you're sick, you're kind of not. But you also are, I found yep. out. Oh. Um, you guys uh, really appreciate it. You can follow me on Twitter. That's where I kind of talk about my schedule all the time. It's right there. It's in control TV in the very near future. Um, and this is something I saw people in the chat saying, and it's of course constantly right here in the front of my brain. Uh, but the new Terranid codex is coming out. You yes. can have it on Saturday. I've of course already pre-ordered it total biscuit, but you know what? 
in this case, it's a physical line. It's all right. Because I'm going to buy it. There's no question. And I don't want other fucking Terran players to buy it up before I can. Anyways, so I'm getting that, but I'm going to be heading down to San Diego to film some battle reports and some podcasts and some Terran stuff. Um, So I'll tweet about that, but it's with my friends at Frontline Gaming, who, if you know 40K, you probably have heard of them. If not, then you should check them out. They do a lot of good stuff. And that's it. Otherwise, I'll be streaming the next few days. Um, I have the distinguished honor of being on a panel with Mike Morheim and a few others on Thursday to talk about StarCraft II being at an exhibition to celebrate the Olympics or mm-hmm. something. It's not actually at the Olympics, but huh. we're getting closer. Right now, we're right outside of it. <laughs> Be there. We'll, we'll get in there next. But we'll fight right you. Against it. <laughs> yeah. there. They've allowed us to be in the same area. Um, and that's about it. Just thank you all very much. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, if you if you are follow, you know, if you like Twitch stuff, I stream a lot of StarCraft and other strategy games. Uh, consider giving my channel a follow at In Control TV. I'm close to a hundred thousand followers, and I've told everyone that once I do hit hundred thousand, I will self emulate and leave this world for the ethereal plane. So, self emulate or self immolate? A very important distinction. No, he's gonna self emulate. Uh, <laughs> ah, okay. You know what? A lot of people make that distinction. Uh, I meant to communicate that I'm going to set myself on fire. Good. Nope, he's right. going to emulate. He's going to just going to make sure. <laughs> and just you can download him. You can download and have your very yep. own. Yeah, I'm going to rock it. I did say emulate, and that's what I mean. I'm going to pretend uh, I'm cosplay as myself. Um, <laughs> I do it just about every day. Oh God, Jazzy, what's going on with the channel this week? What's going on? Uh, more strange weird scary game squad games that we found that are super bizarre and and tons of fun uh you know we're gonna keep on that south park train because the kids love it and uh boy there's a new senran kagura game that's out it literally is sexy splatoon and i'm oh that one yeah i'm ready sexy splatoon sexy splatoon oh god so look for that all that and more dodger what you got? Hi, guys. Uh, you can find me at Dex Bonus on pretty much everything. I stream most days. Um, hey, let me show you what I streamed for four and a half hours yesterday. This is real. This is not a joke. This is real. Giant ass paint by numbers, and I'm not even done with the first two It's colors. a badger. Join me for hardcore paint by numbers action. It's a badger. You don't have to watch. It's a badger. Everybody knows it's a badger. I couldn't Wait, hear anything you that said. Took you it's four a and badger. Hours? Yeah. Nice job. Thank you. I have 24 colors to get through, so this could take be sure a while. To tune in. You're so um, supportive. Good work. You know what? Keep it up. <laughs> Thank you. It's gonna be amazing when I'm. It's gonna look like this when I'm done. It's gonna look like a badger because that's what that's it is. Gonna, that's the picture. It's pretending it's a it's fox. It's not. It's a badger. You're, you're hot on its trail. I can just. I'm well right aware there. of what it is, and it's a deception. It's a lie. There's a badger there, and that's it. That's all um, you're gonna get. My lovely animator, Danny Oriozima, he's going to be uh, visiting because we're going to Designer Con this weekend. Um, so we'll be doing some art streams mm. with him. Um, please check out my coffee company. You can find it at dodgercoffeeco.com. We have recurring orders set up now, so you can get a discount if you want coffee just like automatically sent to you, which is pretty cool. So we're constantly trying to make it better, and I hope you guys will check it out. And uh, that's it for me, I think. Cool. 
Not a huge amount coming out from me this week, although I do have all that footage from the shooting range of us shooting basically everything that ever existed <laughs> when it comes to firearms. Strippin has a few as well. I did maybe shoot more of the minigun than he did. We'll see. So I might put something together for that. And once I'm through uh, this week's treatment, we'll be back on the horse with hopefully a lot more games coverage. We do also have the Shoutcraft Kings date got announced today. That's going to be on November the 18th with myself and Jeff and Control Robinson. So that's going to be good. That apparently is going to be right after the patch, the big balance patch, the change everything patch. So I'm going to be very interested to see how that plays out. It'll be with the Koreans in particular because they're not they're not always shown in the creative and innovative light, so they'll no. have to be, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it will be interesting, to say the least. And, of course, I have other tournaments that will be announced, not just Kings, just waiting on an approval for a couple of things. Then hopefully we'll be able to lock those down, which will be fantastic. So some very unusual tournaments, let's just put it that way. Outside of that, do make sure, if you want a copy of Darkest Dungeon, to check out our partner website, chrono.gg. We're currently selling Darkest Dungeon for the next 20 or so hours at a pretty hefty discount. Super discounted. Indeed. Well discounted. And that's about it. Thanks for watching the show, ladies and gentlemen. Big thanks to Jeff and Control Robinson for standing at short notice. Always appreciated. We'll see you same time next week, 3 p.m. Eastern. That is 8 p.m. The British Isles and 9 p.m. Central European time for the Co-optional Podcast live on TotalBiscuit.live. We're done. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye-bye.